The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Claude Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Superplex Podcast Network. <laughs> uh, this is not going to stick. Uh, I'm going to get it over somehow. I'll try my best. <laughs> my name is Clive and I am joined by my co-host Ricky. Good evening, Ricky. Good evening, how are you? I'm alright, thank you. And we are joined by friend of the show... Chairshot Radio World Class Daily co-host and co-host also of The Outsider's Edge on the Social Superplex Podcast Network, Rance Morris. Good evening, Rance. You forgot a few extra things. You got to add part-time McMahon. <laughs> part-time? Part-time. That man is, yeah, part, yeah, part-time, right? When he does stupid stuff, I can't claim daddy. Can't do it. Um, you got, I'm also the junior member of the Avengers. I'm also going to replace Rick Grimes or on The Walking Dead next season. So there you go. I'm, fin- I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I'm finally going to see The Avengers this Saturday. You are like, like bro, like, I might as well spoil it. It's like you're way too late now. Well, I do know that Bruce Willis is a ghost the whole way through the film. I know that much. Oh, yes. You're going to love the movie then. Yeah. You're going to love the movie then. Right, we are here, believe it or not, to discuss all things NXT tonight in a special celebration of the upcoming 20th TakeOver, which will be in Chicago, part of Money in the Bank weekend, and over the last few weeks, I've been asking you all to take part in a survey where we look at best male champ, female champ, non-champs, tag teams, favourite matches, and we got quite a good response, I'm quite chuffed with overall we got 50 responses. More than I thought, it was quite a hassle putting it, collating it all together, but I've got there. So tonight we'll be discussing these results as well as looking at the upcoming takeover card, which looks like a doozy, if I do say so myself. So will we just get tore into it? Is there anything you want to talk about first before we discuss the results, guys? Um, no, not really. Right. If you're not, if you're not, well, real, real quick, if you're not watching NXT, you're missing the best WWE product on television. Uh huh. It's, um, I think it's reaching another one of those sick peak periods where it's just every episode is top notch. And... Well, since you said that, think about this: you're the two hundred five live guy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying this, and if I am, I apologize to you, anybody listening, but. NXT is so stacked. Leo Rush got called up to 205. Yes. Because they had nothing to do. That's how stacked they are. Leo Rush. Could that be considered a punishment for his Emma comments? <laughs> He's past that. I think we're past right. that. 
Yeah. That, that'll be quite good to see, actually. Um, I'm looking forward to whenever that happens. But yeah, right, NXT is just... It is the Super Indie card. It's a Super Indie show. And I know you've got all it's in coming up, but NXT's roster is packed to the rafters. Let's do it. It's all in every Wednesday. <laughs> oh. For just nine ninety nine. There you go. Look at you. <laughs> Free for first month subscribers. Mm-hmm. You yeah, got to get that family money. That's nine ninety nine sterling. Like we pay more than Americans. I know. Well, but nobody told y'all to go and use sterling, okay? <laughs> or euros, or francs, or whatever else is in Europe. There are dollars. I'm just playing. Because y'all, y'all have been around long than hours, so. <laughs> right, there's no way to sort of introduce this exquisitely, so I'm just going to just hammer in there. We're going to start off with the best male champion. So there's been quite a few. Let me see. We've got. We'll go with the top three, right? So with eight votes out of the fifty, we've got Kevin Owens. Nine votes was AJ Neville and Andre Dalmas, and twelve votes goes to Finn Balor. You did have people voting for the likes of Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, Alistair Black, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, and Nakamura. But it was Owens, Neville, Almas, and Finn who basically like, Neville and Almas came joint second. Rance, do you would you say that's a fair reading for the best champions that we've had? Yes, um, I would like to see a little more love go to Seth because he kind of rebuilt the brand. Uh huh. But I, I will say this. And this is no diss to this dude because I know you're a super fan of him and I love the guy from a wrestler standpoint. But I am really surprised Neville came in second because I didn't think people remembered his his, his run. And that was, you know? I know. Nine votes he got as well. That's a lot of votes. And the man is tremendous. He's a great champion. And he did have he did was in the championship match or the champion for the first four NXT events. Arrival. So. He he beat Bo Dallas in a ladder match. Then he beat uh Tyson and Kidd. Then he won the Fatal Four Way. Uh and then the next one was Sammy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and so he was in four straight. So yeah, he was a great champion, great matches, but it's just been so long ago, I'm surprised people remember. Uh-huh. Because there was one one of the themes that I thought was coming through from this was that there was a few of the more recent acts or matches that had been part of the card, and I was going to ask whether you think that's just because it's fresh in people's memories, or if it's just... Oh, saying I was being one of those, yeah. Uh-huh. Or if it's just a case of NXT has been perfected and honed to such a degree that it's just currently the best it's been. But there are a few picks later on that won their categories that you would question. No, not question, but there's a couple of controversial picks in there. Um, who did did you do the survey, Rance? Who did you pick for it? I picked Finn, and mm. I picked Finn because not only was he the champ the longest, essentially, um, but he was the champ as NXT took that step. It wasn't just our developmental group that has a TV show. NXT, when he became champion, when he started his rise and. He didn't win the championship on the NXT show. It was at the, the Beast of the East, but his first title 
defense, if you will, was at uh, Brooklyn 1 uh-huh. in the ladder match against Kevin Owens, right? Yes. And that's the show that took them from doing a 1,000 people to being able to fill stadiums every night. He was the leader of that actual growth. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, I, I just think he was the best and most notable NXT champion. Plus, run to the guys he feuded with and he beat. My God. It's better than any other champ, I'd argue. Except for Andrade, but Andrade just happened to hit a hot streak at the right time. It was a hot streak and it was so concentrated that it just, it was a short time, but it, the quality of him as champion was probably how he got so many votes. Ricky, who did you vote for? Uh, I also voted Finn. <clears throat> Pretty much for the exact same reasons as Rance. Um, because when looking back on it, I remember at the time, a lot of people felt it's time for Finn to quote-unquote move up to the main roster. But there was a lot of reports circling that Triple H wanted to keep him because he wanted Finn to sort of be the face of NXT while they make this next step, potentially moving into a, a third brand at the time and potentially being branching away from sort of WWE so we're not really, we don't want to be seen as the minor leagues and then I think we're going to try and do some live events around the country as well so yeah I went with Finn um, I'm kind of surprised that people remember um, Neville um, I, I said I, I agree with Ranch as well I'm kind of also quite surprised Nakamura only got the one vote yeah um, it- I mean, I wouldn't say his his. I suppose thinking back on his reign wasn't it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was underwhelming, but I'm still kind of surprised he only garnered one vote. Can you name me one feud Nakamura was in besides Joe? I, I like the Bobby Roode feud. So, well, I'm, okay, so I'm surprised you remember that. Mm-hmm. It was my point. It was a good feud. I was there for that match at San Antonio, mm-hmm. um, but I just don't know that people remember his feuds. And NXT as champion more than they remember like the classic matches like with Sami Zayn or with Finn Balor. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and to sort of, Clive, you say you don't know if there's like a recency bias, I suppose in a sense it is, but at the same time when people are putting down Neville, the kind of that shows you that people are sort of thinking back from just the last 24 months. Because like, um, cause, but like I say, it's like Seth as well. I, I sort of expect them to garner a few more votes. Um, but yeah, I think Finn for me was unanimous. Um, I don't think that was a that didn't take me long to think about. To be honest, uh, once I made my decision, I just sort of sat and thinking like, can I think go anywhere else? But no, for me, it was a definitive Finn. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking about Finn, and you know yourself, Ricky, that I was a big fan of him before he became the champion in NXT as well as during. I thought the Samoa Joe feud went on a bit too long. I thought it peaked during the TakeOver Dallas match. But you know, you also know that Kevin Owens is just my guy. And although it was a reasonably, relatively short time that he had the title, the storyline with him and Sami Zayn, there was, there was a certain grit to it, a real reality that I'd really got behind. And even with Kevin Owens when he was supposedly injured for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or so, he had this 
TV rivalry with Alex Riley when he was on the commentary team. He uh, did, yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic stuff. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'm, so I wasn't watching, like, on a weekly basis uh, NXT back then. So I would, I would watch it as and when I could sort of thing. But I remember it was round about when Kevin Owens had the title. And you were telling me about Kevin Owens, like... And do you remember when I think it was the first time Itami got injured and they ran an angle on just a normal NXT show? And I think he was outside either in the parking lot or just right. outside in the entrance area. And Itami it was, was lying on the pay per view, right? And he was on the floor, sort of like selling his injury. I think it was his shoulder the first time he injured it. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Owens walked past and goes something. To, didn't didn't break stride. Just looked down at it and goes, "Oh, that's unfortunate." And it's like, "Yes, <laughs> oh, that's a shame." Aye. Oh, you're a you're a real piece of luck. <laughs> and w- one other thing I'll say for Kevin Owens, just since for to give him credit for possibly getting more votes or the votes he did, he is the only NXT champion to bring it to the main roster. Yes, that's what I was going to pick up on. He had the. Like there was the back and forth. Obviously, they were they had to time it well with regards to tapings. But the back and forth between NXT and Monday Night Raw when they had the thing going on with John Cena, that gave it a feel that it was like Ric Flair in the territory days. Not that I was there to see Ric Flair in the territories, but it gave it this feel that the NXT title was being seen by a much wider audience at that time, and it gave Kevin Owens a real a real presence and I'd really enjoyed that and when he was coming on to NXT at the time wearing the do you remember the, the champ is here and Cena had the US title t-shirt he was wearing that on NXT I thought you're just your heel work is just top notch right now pal so it is yeah. so I did deliberate over Finn because I think from a fan perspective the, the money that he probably bought in even just down to merchandise I mean the First time that he, the first takeover he had in that entrance, and the crowd were chanting "Holy shit!" at his entrance. I just thought this guy is—he is a superstar in the making, and he is doing very well for himself. I have to say, There's a couple of creative mishaps along the way, but he's a favourite on Raw right now. But Kevin Owens, just for me, he wins it. I'm not surprised that Finn won with tw- twelve votes. Neville and Almas—they got a good show in there. Um. So we'll move on to the best male non-champ. So there are a few people that got one vote and I'm wondering if either these people are voting based on when these people were not a champion or if it's just trolls (laughs) because (laughs) I put it on Reddit and there's a few answers here like the likes of Balor, KO and I'm wondering if it's maybe just a mistake but there is also Kona Reeves in there and I can confirm I did not put in that Kona Reeves submission. No way. It wasn't no me. Way. I might have paid someone to do it, but it wasn't me. He is the finest. He is. Uh, I feel like he's I feel like we're contractually obligated to say that every time we say his name. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's not going to be NX three for long, it will be NX Reeves by this time can, next year. Can I make the argument and I'm I'm behind Lars. I know this we're going to offer the tangent real quick, but I'm behind Lars. But can I make the argument that EC3 might have, might have should have got the title first, yeah. or the the at least the spot first against Alster? Okay, is it too early for that? Um, I, I so 
I don't think I'm spoiling anything here. So last week where Gargano came down, um, seemingly out of nowhere, we interrupted um, EC3. Yeah. So I don't know. A lot. Of, like, I know Caleb, for instance, thinks that's obviously going to be where they're going to go next, and maybe that is. Maybe they're planting seeds for that. I. I thought maybe they would do EC3 Alistair Black at uh, TakeOver at SummerSlam time. Okay. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. As am I. Because, because I think Alistair Black's more than ready for, quote-unquote, the main roster. Um, so I'm not expecting like a, like a Finn Balor kind of reign from Alistair Black. I'm almost expecting something like Almas four, four months or so, four or five months for the title. And then I think he might come up after that. So, no, I, I would... I think EC3... I wouldn't have complained if we got EC3 um, next weekend against Alistair Black. I, I just think it's... I, it's not, I wouldn't say it's too early. It's not too early, and I don't think it's uh, it's going to do him any harm waiting an extra couple of months until August time. So, yeah, like I I, I, I think I probably would do what they're doing, hold off on it, um, because I think we're going to get that at the next takeover. Okay. He did actually get a vote, just the one vote in the survey, along with the likes of Adam Cole. Even Cesaro got a cheeky nod. Kona Reeves, as I said, Hideo Itami, Ricochet, Roderick Strong, Ty Dillinger, Pete Dunn. So, the top three. I'm going to say, I'm going to leave the third person to last because I thought it was quite interesting how many, how much percent this person got. So, in second place, we got Velveteen Dream with 14 votes, that's 28%. A whopping 38%, 19 votes was Johnny Gargano. Who's the right winner? I'd say so. Um, but with six votes, 12% was Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Oh, like, sorry, I don't want don't, to keep talking here, but, like, I think people kind of forget just how good he actually is. Mm-hmm. Tyler Breeze, but, like, I know we're always, always doing these funny things with Breeze Angle, uh, with, uh, but the fashion files etc but I think a lot of people kind of forget just how 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 much of a talent he is and, and how much his gimmick at the time when he had the whole Prince Party coming down with the selfie stick etc and how irritating and annoying that was is a, um, like he was he was real good in NXT and I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting and sleeping just how, how much of a talent he actually is uh-huh. because he was also he was involved in one of the uh, one of the absolute Best title matches um, on NXT for that fatal, 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 fatal four way, and I think, yeah. I, I think at the time I'm pretty certain that was Meltzer's all time favorite NXT match until Gargano Almas, I believe, or it was it was his highest rated no. NXT match or something, was it not? No, Bailey Sasha had to pass that eventually. Right. So match maybe, but maybe, yeah. I think, NXT yeah, got classics. Yeah. So let's see. I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of people are really. Maybe they just they've forgotten just how good he is, but I'm not really too surprised at that. Well, let me ask: you, Are you are you surprised that more people didn't vote for him, or are you surprised so many people voted for him? No, I'm, I'm neither. I'm not surprised that he got that many votes because I think a lot of people do remember just how uh-huh. good he actually was in NXT or, or how good he actually can be. It's a nice recognition of his work because first and foremost, there's a fatal four way match. He had an excellent mini TV series with Itami, which lasted mm-hmm. a few weeks. Um, but NXT is all about developing your character and your gimmick. 
there's you could argue that not many nailed their gimmick with such precision that than Tyler Breeze. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to I can't remember that guy's name, he's got an afro and he does podcasts. Um Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. Uh, Sam Ro- Tyler Breeze was on Sam Roberts and they were discussing um, Tyler Breeze's Brooklyn entrance and what they wanted to do was have drones hold his, ca- hold his camera phone for him he was wanting to do that it's just logistics or technical difficulties they didn't end up doing that but things like that and the selfie stick when the, re- the referee's breaking up a count he screams at them don't touch me because he's just so he wants to be perfect Prince Pretty mm-hmm. it was really, I, I really enjoyed his time in NXT one of those ones where with his gimmick he probably wouldn't have gotten a title shot and it's the same on the main roster but there is a place for people like him on the whole roster, he might be a mid-card act but he's a very entertaining mid-card act and he has shown that since then um, well, on you go well, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, I voted for him did you? that's why I was I was curious to know what you guys thought before I said anything I voted for Tyler Breeze. I've been watching NXT, like I said, since the very first rebrand episode when Dusty Rose came out and said, "I, right, baby, we're having a tournament. Like, I've been watching <laughs> since the very beginning when he was still Mike Dalton. And I remember watching Breaking Ground and them showing him basically saying, look, get a new gimmick and get fired. That's right. And what he's come up with and the little quirks of the gimmick, just stuff like he's living in seasonal residences and it changes every, like, three oh, months. Oh, brilliant. You know, just the little quirks like that, or um, he he had the old Rey Mysterio thing where he never wore the same clothes twice. You realize how expensive and how hard that is. You know, just the little quirks. And then from just from an in ring standpoint, Mike Dalton could always go. Oh, I... Tyler actually gave him an opportunity. Right? Yeah, he he actually gave Tyler gave him an opportunity to actually connect with the crowd. But he got classics. He was in. Uh, the number one contenders match with Sami Zayn when he beat Sami Zayn. The Fatal Four Way. He was in the number one contenders match with uh, Finn Balor. That's right. It was supposed to be a triple threat, but that's when Tommy got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, he had he had the honor of letting Jushin Thunder Liger wrestle his first match in WWE, and they picked Tyler. That's the honor and the esteem they hold him in. You know, then his match with Neville on free TV, he got classics. So. Uh, we forget about him because he didn't win championship. And, uh, but what I love about him more than anything is NXT has glue guys, right? Like Sammy is probably the most known glue guy mm-hmm. to hold the, hold everything together. Even if he's not the champion, Joe was a glue guy for a long, like they have glue. Bailey was a glue girl. They have glue people, right? Yeah. Tyler was the first. Because you couldn't do anything on the card. like So when you built the card, you said, all right, well, we got to get the championship matches, and what's Tyler going to do? Right. You know what I mean? And that's the level of esteem he was and how he lifted up the brand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I picked Tyler. You know, it's similar for me to the person who came second place, Velveteen Dream. He was my vote. Um, he's one of those ones who's got his gimmick nailed perfectly. And he's in a very, very good place right now. He's rubbed shoulders with all the, the internet darlings over the last wee while. He's got this this character which is sort of over-sexualised to the point where it's supposed to be seen as a threat to his opponent. Um, 
but we were talking about this in the chat a wee while ago. I think this over-exaggerated sort of sexual threat that he poses is just a front, and he comes across sometimes like there's very small moments in matches where he looks like a deer caught in the headlights when he's facing off against his opponents. And I think that speaks of it's as if he's portraying a very subtle insecurity in his own in his own abilities. So when the likes of Alistair Black said, enjoy infamy, Velveteen Dream, uh, that wasn't just a, you said my name, I have power over you. That was, he needed that acceptance. And that's been his journey since then. Acceptance that people like Alistair Black recognise who he is, that he's able to deliver a powerful punch to the likes of Cassius Ono. Um, I mean, see that ladder, the ladder match for the North American title when he was 20 feet in the air? The crowd reaction made me think this guy, that wasn't a... Superstar. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean babyface superstar. Yeah, absolutely. Either, either one. He, he's very, very possibly could do it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just been this amazing journey and... That everyone, the most viral gift that NXT have had in a long time, where Dream says, anything you can do, I can do better, to Ricochet, and Ricochet somersaults over the ring and just lands on his feet. And as far as I'm aware, Velveteen Dream's draw still hasn't come off the floor. Um, So that's a threat that's posed to him where he says he can do everything, but he can't do those flips. So I think we may actually see some high-flying stuff from Dream and his attempts to gain more acceptance from his peers. And I just think it's, if you look past the the Prince look, the sort of colourful shades, the scarves and all that stuff, there's a really nuanced character there, and it's fascinating right now. What about yourself, Ricky? Do you, do you feel the same about Dream? Did you pick him at all? Well, first things first, I would wear the hell out of every single one of his outfits. <laughs> God damn, pal. <laughs> Not shot. Not shot at all. Um, no, I didn't the pick bo- my The books too? Oh, everything. Everything. Especially those, especially those glasses. <laughs> um, I, I didn't pick him. I went Gargano. But yeah, everything <laughs> everything you say is, is, is absolute spot on, Clive. I didn't think you were going to mention the where Ricochet flipped over and and it looked like Dream had literally just seen a ghost. Um, yeah, I I I agree. I think he's got massive massive potential as a babyface. And uh, obviously, the frightening thing is he's only what twenty two, twenty three. So for me, there's no real there's no rush to accelerate him, give him the title, or or accelerate him on to the the main roster, etc. Um, but just to just to touch on something else, I I picked Gargano, but I was also kind of surprised at the same time that um, Tommaso Ciampa didn't get any votes. But I think probably more so because of the last year he's been out. Uh-huh. I think if he wasn't injured, I think he would have he would have garnered some votes. It's because he's a real heel. He's mm-hmm. a real heel to the point where that like there's no redeeming qualities of this human being at all. Yeah, you know, it's past the point of oh yeah, we know it's bad on TV, but. Yeah, he's to no, like people hate him. Mm-hmm. And see for all those people on social media who think Champa is excellent, forget yourself. You, I'm, one oh, so <laughs> I'm one of them too. No, no, this man is a bad man. 
<laughs> so uh, just just so people are aware, every single time you see something along the lines that Ricky and Clive like or retweet something from Tommaso Champa, that's me that's doing it. Uh huh. And any- not Clive. And anyone who retweets Kona Reeves' Daily Diary, that's me. <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you, I'm I'm going to get Conor on the sh- on the show for you, so you can interview <laughs> your favorite wrestler. <laughs> He can talk me through the mechanics of the Hawaiian drop. Oh, let's talk. Guys, you guys listening, me, Ricky, and Clive have a group chat. And the the background picture of our group is Conor Reeves' face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The finest grill on the internet. Yep. Um, he is the finest. <laughs> oh. Ba-dum-tsh. We've really not got time for tangents tonight, but sometimes we just can't help ourselves, can we? So, you'd mentioned there, Ricky, that Johnny Gargano got your vote. I understand why. He's had quite the arc over the last year or so. It's coming up for a year now, actually, since Champa betrayed him. Mm-hmm. And he's had quite the year a since. A year, actually, at TakeOver Chicago. A calendar year, yeah. Well, three, six, four days or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, Ricky... Tell us why you picked Johnny Gargano. Before Daniel Bryan came back, he was your, for me anyway, in my opinion, like your perfect baby face. Like he was, if you needed, if you needed a Daniel Bryan two point for instance, he was the one. And, and it, pro- it potentially says, I think he's now had, what, two back-to-back five-star matches on uh, consecutive takeovers. Um, two, yeah. Yeah, two. So he had the one with um, Almas and then just recently with Tommaso Ciampa. The one next weekend could for, could well be a five-star. Like, well, I don't, you don't want to throw that around too loosely, too lightly. But if it's not, then you'd be kind of surprised. Talent-wise, he's every bit as good as anyone in the company in ring ability. But for me, it's it's just more so. He's just he's very relatable. I I I I, I look at him in the sense the same way that I looked at Daniel Bryan, like like in terms of his character and everything, his gimmick. And it, and it, like I say, I just can't get past the whole idea that. That is your potential face of your company, not just NXT, but the WWE in general. You think so, Johnny Gargano? Yes. Okay. I don't know that I disagree. I just never, it never crossed my mind to think about it. Like, I, I, if and when he comes up to the main roster, I think he, he, it depends how you go about booking him. Um, can he get lost on the main roster? Absolutely, of course. Should he? Is a different is a different matter altogether. Um, but I just, for me, there's so many parallels in, uh, between him and Daniel Bryan. Um, well, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me ask you this. And the only reason mm-hmm. I say, I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I'm going to be have have to be that that old guy who was like, oh well, he's small. You remember the match he had with Cassius Ono? Mm-hmm. Remember how great it was. Mm-hmm. Yes. Remember, how unreal, remember how unrealistic it was when he won that match. 
I, 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 that's that's the that's the worrying thing. He looks about. I don't know his official height and weight, etc. At the moment, five nine, one hundred and seventy-five. See, I, I, I wouldn't even think he was five nine. Looking at him, see the thing. With the, the, a, go, oh, go, I'm sorry. Go so ahead. the thing with a Cassius Ono match is it's unrealistic when anyone beats him because it should be. Yeah. So Ono, ono has a move set where every move has an impact and the just the presence of a finishing move. So anything he does. It just he should be finishing that person straight away. So whenever he gets beat, he's in a sort of awkward place with that in mind. So I will right, Clive. This might go slightly over your head, right? So I'm going to just specifically speak to Vance because I know you like boxing. Yes. So maybe maybe my the the comparison is completely wrong. So you can just feel free to stop me or just say no. That's utter BS. So think back about. You don't probably need to go too far back. If you go back, say, five years, or even if you go back about 15 years, when Floyd Mayweather moved up to take on Diego Corrales, Corrales mm-hmm. was bigger, stronger, etc., etc. But Mayweather was faster, had the better footwork, had the better defence, had the better um, boxing IQ. So if you would like, yep, exactly. So if you liken that to Gargano being Mayweather and Ono being Corrales, you would always say technique and precision, etc., IQ, game plan, etc., overcomes the raw, brutal power of someone. That that would be my only thing because I've saw I've I've actually witnessed it in fights to make me believe well this can actually happen inside a WWE ring. I understand like. The yeah. weight differences, etc., were so were huge, much much bigger than the Mayweather uh, Corrales. Even May, I wouldn't even compare it to Mayweather Canelo Alvarez because at that point Alvarez was so young. Yeah, but at the time Mayweather moved up, Morales, uh, uh, Diego Morales. Corrales was like the man at that division. He it really was. So that would be my only uh, that would be my only retort to you. But if you if you were to turn around and say. Cassius Ono is, you know, has about two hundred pounds on Gargano. I can, I can um, understand that. I'm not even gonna say the weight difference. I think the difference. Well, and uh, 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 for the for the benefit of those listening, we acknowledge that wrestling is scripted, boxing is, and we have we acknowledge that. But uh, my the difference, in my opinion, would be that Floyd Mayweather's. His thing is, I'm not going to take any punishment. Gargano's thing is, I'm just going to take more punishment than you can and outlast you. That's going to run out when everybody you face is 6'1", 6'2", 250 and bigger. You know what I mean? So, and, so I'm, and I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying I don't want him to do it. I'm just saying NXT <laughs> is not WWE. Th- think about the top six guys in NXT. Adam Cole, what? 5'10", 190, 200 pounds, 210. Mm-hmm. Alistair Black, 6'3", 215, maybe 220. Uh, Ricochet, 5'10", 190. Dream, 6'4", 225. Like, the top guys on that show are Jumper, who just put on 15 pounds of muscle, still is a cruiserweight, but in the eyes of WWE. So the guys that he's facing, Sans... Uh, oh no! They look that much bigger than him, and he's already—they're already smaller than usual. 
when he gets to the main roster and he's fighting Roman and Seth and Dean and Braun and uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the thing is, and again, I'm not trying. I, I know we're taking too long on this topic. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to say small guys can't make it, but if you put Gargano next to Brian or Finn, he still looks smaller than them. They're already small. Yeah, I mean, because Daniel Bryan height wise is quite small, but Daniel Bryan is quite thick. Yes. So and, and Finn, he wrestles and, a mat based yeah. offense. And Finn doesn't have an ounce of body fat on him. Jesus Christ, no. Um, Eat up. That's that's don't worry about it, that's fine. I think just accept it own that I would do the exact same. Okay. Um so not like I completely agree and that's why maybe But yeah, though, yeah. If he if and when he goes up if he doesn't go to two oh five you would need to sort of match him carefully in the sense that right, well SmackDown doesn't have all these giants where he, he can still stand toe to toe with the likes of AJ, etc. and he might not look that small. Um I, and I suppose if we maybe the other one would be is it kind of like if you look at when Pacquiao was moving up through the weight divisions. So but eventually like you said that catches up on you and it will catch up on him. But I think if he moved to Raw, you know, he we won't see him ever. Like he won't be doing anything significant. If he goes to SmackDown the way SmackDown is now, I think he has more of a chance to succeed because like you say there's more guys who yes, they're all bigger than him but they're not bigger than them in the sense that when you look at it and say, "Wow, that's a complete that is a complete mismatch." But it might look like a mismatch, but you still would give him a chance, as opposed to if he was stood toe to toe with Braun Strowman, for instance. Yeah. Well, I will say this, and I guess we can move on after this. But if nothing else is over enough, he's oh, he's way over enough. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would agree. It's one of those ones. The main roster is just uh, a lucky lottery. So, so, can I just quickly ask one more question before we move on? Uh-huh. Is Gargano over because of Gargano, or is he over so much as a babyface because of how much we hate Champa? He was already over before Champa came back. Well, Champa's already yeah, yeah. always been in the background, but that Almas yep. match was top notch. Go even further back. The reason people love Champa is because they love Gargano. And Gargano embraced Champa, so they said, "Okay, we'll love you too because we love him." Mm-hmm. It's always been about Gargano. Yeah, yeah, you got that impression anyway from quite early on from the Cruiserweight uh, Classic moment as well. Oh, what a match! What a match! <laughs> can can I argue that match is better than the match we saw at uh, Takeover New Orleans? It's an unpopular opinion, and this might be the first time I've said it out loud, but. I preferred it. I mean, I, I've been on record saying that Gargano Tomasa Champa match wasn't even my favourite match on the New Orleans card anyway. That's right. I mean, I really did like it though, and I remember when Clive told me to watch Gargano Champa from Cruiserweight Classic, and I was stood <laughs> on the train on the way home from work, and the train, we were literally packed in like sardines, and I was sitting here, watch, stood there watching this, and at one point, I think I text Clive saying, "What the fuck did I just see? What did I see? What is going on? What's and it was unbelievable, unbelievable." Right. So, to, don't mean to cut you off there. We'll just move on to the next topic, if that's all right, gentlemen. Yeah. Right. So, next one is the best female champion of NXT. 
In third place, with 10% of the votes, was Bailey. Uh, 14% goes to Sasha in second place, and a staggering 66%, and there's no surprise as to who I'm going to say here. Yeah. Uh, Asuka. Two and a half years undefeated, big dog? Yeah. It's it's well-deserved. She was my Absolutely. vote. I understand can, it. Can you make an argument for someone else? No. Can you? No. You, if you want to, sure, but there's no... No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, can you make an argument for, in terms of creative? Because Sasha and Bailey, they had some few months between them. But seen just in terms of longevity, creative yeah. for the most part, and dominance, uh, Asuka was... She, she, she wouldn't be beaten. I know Shayna Baszler, they've got a similar thing going on, but Asuka's just... I don't think she'll be beaten in terms of favourites for a long time in and, NXT. And, and the thing that you just say is, um, where you said dominance, and that's not like a Brock Lesnar type dominance, where she just she's booked in to squash opponents. Like, well, she was num- some people, some some people, but in a lot, a, a number of her matches, there was the times where we were like, oh my goodness, she's about to lose. So they didn't book her to the point that it felt like a foregone conclusion and I think that helped her reign. Yeah. That's why... Like the, 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 the Ember Moon matches were unbelievable. I really, the really Bailey matches? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. That's why I was a bit confused as to why people were unhappy that Asuka had a competitive match with Emma on her main roster debut. I think... Well, because it's I, 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 It was yeah, the first and, match. And I was one of them. I Like I said, and to me... Because didn't Emma then just leave like a couple of days later? Aye. But didn't... So... But to, for me, it was just I, I understood, and, and you 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 retorted back saying, but she wasn't booked like that in NXT. But I was like, I know, but they made it was like a month to six week build to her debut, and I just like, I'm sorry, Emma, but as great as you are, and as much as I like you, you had to lay down. You yeah. got to get beaten in a minute, two minutes. Like you just need to get, yeah. you just need to get thrown around the ring. You Emma and Asuka must be dominant, and I was quite surprised when they didn't do that. And I thought it was nothing against Emma; it was just all about. We've portrayed this woman for the last two and a half years to be the most dominant female in the world, etc., etc. And we just have to now her first time to the main audience or the mainstream media, mainstream fans, etc. We just have to book her in that kind of manner where she is the female equivalent of Brock Lesnar. Well, flip like this: when Braun redebuted after left the Wyatts. Would we look at him the same way if his first match was a 15-minute match that was competitive against anybody? Uh, I, I agree. He, and I remember, he needed that dominant build. Mm-hmm. The, I'm just... I mean, there's, there's, as I said, 33 votes for Asuka and Sasha and Bailey got 11 between them. It's a shame... And I know Asuka was very popular, but it's a shame that Bailey and Sasha only got so little. Like, see if Bailey's run, see in terms of fan reaction, fan interaction, um, relatability. She had a very similar run as Finn, just with how over she was, and they were in their peak time for NXT, their first big, big peak. Um, I th- go ahead, go ahead. No, I think they probably won't get the recognition as champions alone but I think when you think of Bailey or you think of Sasha you automatically just go to the f- their feud 
in their matches as opposed to their actual title reigns. I think when people think of Bailey and Sasha from NXT, they think of Bailey and Sasha like from Brooklyn or any other match they've had together as opposed to their individual title run. But see, look, I, I, so so I hear what you're saying, but that's they're not we're not not giving them credit because we're giving Oscar more. It's like you're not taking away what Magic Johnson and Larry Bird did because you say Jordan and LeBron are better. That's not a diss. It's just she raised the bar so far. Or for my football loving friend, it's not like saying, "Oh well, yeah, Wayne Rooney was good, but he's no he's no Cristiano Ronaldo." Like that don't mean that Rooney wasn't no wasn't good. It just means a guy's better. So Oscar raised the bar so significantly much higher. The real tragedy in this in the survey is Paige didn't get a vote. That's the that's the tra- that's the tragedy. No vote Paige at created all. the belt. I know no vote at all. Not one. Shana got a vote. Very surprised at that. Well, we didn't vote for her, so. <laughs> I mean, see, when yeah, you've got no, people... No, voted, I, we, I voted Asuka, so... When you've got someone like Asuka, it's hard to vote for anyone else. I just think Sasha, with seven votes, it seems like people see the three pay-per-views in a row. I mean, see 2015, in my opinion, every single women's match, every single takeover, the women's match was the best. And Sasha was in four, three or four of them. You had the Fatal 4-Way between the four horsewomen. You had the Sasha versus Becky Lynch terribly underrated match and if you haven't seen it I'd implore you to watch it it's basically a submission Becky's match, match. oh by a, by a mile unbelievable um, and then you know Brooklyn 2 no sorry Brooklyn 1 and the Iron Woman match the half hour Iron Woman match that's, um, that's a, I know Sasha wasn't the champion in that last match but she was in the main event spot for a considerable amount of time during NXT's first peak period so, I, I know I'm saying I feel bad that Sasha didn't get more votes, but I didn't vote for her, so... <laughs> I think, like, two quick points is, like, I remember when William Regal came out and made the announcement it was going to be an Iron Woman match, and it was like, oh my goodness, oh. like... Like, oh, this is completely... I can't believe they've done something like this. And the other thing, it's just to sort of piggyback off what Rand said, I think it's not so much it's a disservice or, or being disrespectful to Sasha and um, Bailey. Like you said, it's just because the bar was set here, but Asuka took the belt and raised the bar even higher. I think so. It's just sort of given her her credit. So it's not like I said, it's not to it's not to 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 make I'm not so much a mockery, but not to give Sasha and Bailey the credit they deserve. But like it's yeah. just it's just that Asuka took it to another level. Can, can can I make the, can I make the hot take of the year? Mm-hmm. Hot take of the year, and you know, remember this. Call me crazy. The most prestigious championship in all of professional wrestling. NWA is the Women's Champion. <laughs> NWA well, no, World Hell, no. God, no, 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 no. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Caleb. This is the this is the wrong show for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> is the NXT Women's Champion because the level of champions, the level of competition, the level of matches that have consistently gone on for that title uh, is, is unparalleled. They had some of the... 
it had the for me the best women's match I've seen. And as far as I'm aware, James Boyd is that not see the Brooklyn match? Is that not his favourite match ever? Is that right? Or it's Probably def- is. It's definitely I don't up remember, there. but I would. He's a Rock fan, so there might be a Rock match back in like 2001 or two mm-hmm. that he loved. But yes, my God, that well, and and the thing is, there have been better matches. Oscar Ember Moon two is the greatest wrestled women's match I've ever seen. So Ooh. would you would you put that above Charlotte Asuka? But we just saw it WrestleMania. Yeah. Okay. In terms of just in terms of just in ring, that's mm-hmm. the greatest wrestled match I've ever seen. So there you, were better stories, but that is quite. I think that's more of a hot take than what you said about the title. Okay. I, I'll, I'll accept that. But my God, and then you know, um, but just the, the page Emma match that started it, Charlotte versus Natalia. Um, which was a, a great match and Charlotte had to be wrestling for like six months total <laughs> you know Charlotte and Bailey Sasha and Charlotte Charlotte and, and Charlotte I mean Sasha and Bailey uh, then what was it um, I'm sorry Sasha and, before Sasha and Bailey Sasha and Becky Fatal 4-Way Bailey versus Sasha 1 Bailey versus Sasha 2 just it's Ember versus I'm not Ember uh, Oscar versus um, Oscar versus Bailey. Bailey Oscar versus Bailey 2 Oscar versus Mickey James Oscar versus Nikki Cross Oscar oh. versus oh my goodness <laughs> think about it you know Oscar versus Ember 2 greatest in my mind this is NXT Ember yeah. finally wins all Ember's matches were good but the Ember the Ember Shana matches may not be Oh, I'm, Your, a, I'm a big fan of those matches. I love them, but but they, they may not be what you would see if you were watching Stardom, right? In terms of in-ring right. stuff. But in terms of true, genuine character work and storytelling, tremendous matches. It's God, it's so much quality. Like you mentioned, and I made a, I've actually written down in my notes, in the notes app, um, to mention Asuka and uh, Asuka and Nikki Cross, and you mentioned it. Um, it was I, it was Clive. It was Clive that texted me the next day saying you must watch this match, and I went in and watched, it and I was like, oh my goodness, like Listen, absolute chaos. And, and the finish to the match was mm, unbelievable as well. Just so you know, listeners, you know when it's a good match. When I text Clive, uh, Ricky the next morning saying you have to watch this match, <laughs> or vice versa as well. Aye. When we go out of our way to actually talk to each other, <laughs> to say, <laughs> watch this. So that's actually a nice segue to the next category of best female non-champ. Um, and this is the toughest category to me. This was tough. There's quite a lot of votes here, actually. Um, but in third place with 10% with Kyrie Sane. Interesting yeah. pick. Tw- <laughs> yeah, I feel the same, honestly, as well. 20% is Becky Lynch. She did very well with 10 votes. 16 votes. Nikki Cross. Fantastic. So who did you vote for, Clive? Oh, Nikki Cross. <laughs> who did you vote for, Richie? Uh, Becky. Y'all are going to hate me. And I'm going to have a guess at who you voted for from this list. Go ahead. You voted uh, is, is, are, are they on the list? It's on, it has to be on the list. Aye. But yes. Uh, you Emma? voted for Blue Pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. At least base is great. But oh. now, nah, yeah. Emma, Emma. No, I voted for Peyton Royce. Oh, okay. 
Excellent. Longevity. Yeah. <laughs> longevity. She was there. Well, not just, not simply longevity. She was there three years. Maybe three total? Not counting the years she trained. But she was she was on TV for three years off and on. She truly had a character arc where she started off as a nobody and mm-hmm. grew to be a very competent wrestler. She's still average, but from oh, where no, she started. I think she's but higher than average. She's actually for a while. I thought Billy Kay was better when they started up the iconic duo. They started, yes. But when Peyton Royce, she it was actually when Billy Kay was injured. Peyton Royce just took the reins, and yes. I think she's very competent in the ring. I quite enjoy her work. Um, but also, but also their character and how well they've done their stories. Like think of the two fatal four ways she's been in on takeovers. The one in San Antonio against Oscar with Billy and Nikki, and then the one here in Houston against Ember, Kyrie, and Nikki. Just the way she acts terrified when something's about to happen to her, like just the character work. Uh-huh. Um, and she and and I think the reason this this I think the reason this is so difficult is because since the all the champions have been such quality that the others get forgotten because there's so much quality with champs uh-huh. so I wanted to give love to somebody nobody else would give love to so I, I shouted out Peyton Royce now, see the number two in that list was Becky Lynch now she didn't actually have an amazing run in NXT when you think about it she did she didn't do that. anything of note except for those two matches yeah so I'm wondering if people's perception of Becky Lynch now where she's sort of underutilised and not used to her full potential on the main roster influenced people's votes because that's 10 votes and when you th- as you said there she did have a great match with Banks but didn't do much of note on NXT Ricky? Well yeah go ahead Yeah I think that probably did play a bit into my thinking because I was either going to go with herself or Emma I actually did like Emma. She came up with that whole. Was it like she when she debuted? Did she not come up and she was sort of teaming with um, Santino for a while as well? Yes, when she got uh, to the main Yeah, but I was I was I was tempted to go with Emma. I just felt like I said I think it probably did play more into my thinking that wow, look what she is and why didn't we see this in NXT? Maybe shooting but thinking about maybe she just wasn't ready. Maybe she whatever reason. Um. What you, Rance, what you said earlier on about <clears throat> Tyler Breeze sort of being the glue, like you kind of get that feeling and impression that that's what Becky Lynch, in a sense, is to what the women's division on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think probably more so what she or what she hasn't achieved on the main roster or what they haven't booked her to do on the main roster probably played a bit in my thinking and my decision making there. Um, even when I, when I was looking at the list and I was about to pick her, I had to go double check just to make sure, like that she didn't have just like a, a one day or a one week reign because it kind of blew my mind. I was like, I need to double check this because it doesn't make it, it didn't make sense to me. I just thought maybe there was a, there was somewhere miss somewhere just a week or two or whatever, maybe a day, an evening that maybe we're just missing. So, but like you say, when when you do when you do sit and you take the emotion out of it what you see right now or what you feel towards her right now you do realise that maybe there were only a handful of matches that she that were really really uh, stood out 
from her NXT days. But like I said, I think what she is now definitely played a part in my thinking and my decision to go with her. Well, I went for Nikki Cross. I've said before it could be a bias. She has a stronger... Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's no could about it. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not... I mean, she had 16 votes. I wasn't the only one. Um, her accent is stronger than mine and Ricky's combined, I think. Shayna! Like, Shayna! <laughs> Dakota! We do, our, we, we do our best to try and not sound normal, but, yeah. So, fair... that, that's, how, that's how people from Glasgow sound. Yeah. <laughs> Here's looking at you, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> He's not from Glasgow, but... Ah, he's from Ayr. That's the same. That's further down the road. Further down the road, likes. Uh, so, Nikki Cross, she's obviously very popular just now. She's been a bit quiet, even especially since the Sanity call-up. Um, I just think she was a star after that last woman standing match with Asuka. It was the first opponent who I thought showed no fear whatsoever. Uh, and she really took it to Asuka and had, Asuka had to raise her game because of her. And through, That's a good point. due to Asuka's longevity at the top, I think she's got a lot of... And kayfabe, she's got a lot to thank Nikki Cross for because she took her to the limit. Uh, she's a very crisp wrestler. Promo work obviously needs a bit of work. She doesn't speak that much. Um so maybe that's why she's kept behind still got some work to do there but I think they were starting to test the waters because with this whole dusty finish last week on NXT where she basically stole the belt from Shayna Baszler she was running the barricades she stopped in front of a, a father and daughter and she let the, the daughter sort of look at the belt I think that's them testing the waters to see if she would be able to as a baby face get over with the younger audience which is a hard mm-hmm. task when you think of how unhinged and Feral, she comes across, but maybe, like I don't know if she'll beat Shayna Baszler. We'll talk about that later. Um, but I think momentum is on her side at the moment. She's probably one of the more experienced in the roster as well, actually. Which is that's the real reason they kept her because she was experienced and she was established. So you needed somebody to help the Dakota Kai's and Candice LeRae's of the world get to her level in the eyes of the fans, so that when she leaves, there is real stars but maybe I looked at this this survey differently than a lot of people I looked at the survey as strictly only during their time in NXT no bearing on what they've done before no bearing on what they've done after which is the reason why people like Kyrie Sane and Nikki Cross and Dakota Kai and as, as great as she is Ruby Riot, I can't give them much love because they ain't done much mm-hmm like, I, can you name me five Nikki Cross matches she's had? And I'll give you the fatal four, the two fatal four ways, and I'll give you the the last man, last woman standing. You can't. Okay, right, viable point. But she's so. Fought. There's no this. No she's great, but yeah, go ahead. It really. You prove a point. You've left me speechless, Rance. Thank you. But when you ask me on the show, you know what you're getting. I know, but see, the thing is, she's used frequently. She was used frequently in sanity matches. Absolutely, she uh, she she has been a very visible character, which is why I'm okay with her winning. But but I'm just saying that that was my argument for not choosing her for a long time. Was that 
Yeah. So, sorry, for a long time, she was the most popular star from Sanity, in my opinion. She was the reason Sandy got over. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. Sorry. But when we're talking about the best female non-champion in the 20, in the years of the 20 takeovers, I don't know I can give her that when I can't name five matches she's had. You know, and okay. to be honest with you, of everybody on the list that wasn't that really wasn't a champion, uh, I can't really name a, a bunch of Peyton Royce matches either. Um, Emma's probably what I can name the most matches from, mm-hmm. but which Emma probably should have won if we're honest. Um, but I picked Peyton only because I didn't have a get like there was no pick that was like, hey, this is right. Uh-huh. So I want to show love to somebody I didn't think would get any love anyway. Okay, that's fair enough. I like your reasoning behind the, your picks. It's quite interesting. Thank you. Re- re- rhyme behind the reason. Re- reason behind the re- You know what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. Oh, I think so. Uh, so <laughs> I want to... I'm going to hazard a... No, I don't think it's much of a guesswork, actually, for the next category, which is Best Tag Team Champions. Um, yeah. You, I'm going to guess that you voted for Revival. The yell. Ricky, did you vote for Revival? Yeah. As did, yeah. As did I. They had 34 votes, 68%. Um, DIY came second with seven votes and Undisputed Era with four votes. Quite interesting. Wow, already. I know, yeah. You know, straight up, I'm, I'm kind of stunned at how few votes Alpha got two mm-hmm. well AOP got less they got one mm-hmm. I think I'm quite, some... I'm quite surprised Undisputed Era as well oh they're revisionist history and they are indie, indie darlings O'Reilly oh, I mean, and Fish I'm, are indie darlings American Alpha stunned me because remember how much long, I was a big a fan of them time I said they were the best tag team in the world in yeah they were good I, I thought they were. I thought they were. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to go away from a revival pick, but I'm just surprised that Alpha got so few. Um, the best DIY, in the world. DIY was seven. No, I thought. I, this was. I think this was more like before the Usos became the Usos. Because well, I don't. I know, like, at that yeah, time. Like, like, at that time, right now, no. Like at that time, without. Two and a half, two or so years ago, it was right before the Usos became what they are now. Um, but like, I don't think there's any dispute who the best tag team in the world at the moment are. So, but I, like I'm, saying, I'm just quite shout out to the Bucks too. They deserve to be in a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely, um, and the fact that they only do flips and stuff is just utter nonsense. You know, I find that quite laughable. It's just people oh. who still see a few minutes, not like. Like I understand why you might have that thinking, but that's not all they do. Um, to but be anyway, fair, they do flips, super kicks, and now they do a sharpshooter. So there's that. <laughs> but um, yeah, not. I think more than anything, like I'm not surprised the revival win. Um, it's just it's how few votes the American Alpha got. Um, but like now, I, before I I took notes as well, and I was just listing some some tag matches and. I seem to have revival involved in like just about all of them, so it kind of backs up. It kind of backs up why I chose the revival 
and I think why a lot of people also chose the revival. Well, well let me. I'm no, I'm, you jumping. In. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please. no. I'll, 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 on you go. On you go. I just, I just want to say this for the revival. All of your favorite tag teams that came in the era. Why are they your favorite tag teams? Because the revival made them. Exactly. Thinking like that, bruh. <laughs> the only reason we love American Alpha is because the revival made us love American Alpha. Enzo and Cass were over, but when they fought the revival, <laughs> that made them feel I, legit. I, 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 yes. I, I'll say this. I will say this. I, I like Alpha. Not be, not only because the, the revival played a part, but they both seem to remind me so much of Kurt Angle. And I think for that reason well, alone, like, I. Yeah, That's because Jordan's I his son. Of, yeah, exactly. So I kind of just like, ah, uh, right, okay. And it, it was the moment where um, Jason Jordan kept pulling his straps down. I was like, uh, it just brought back sort of nostalgic memories. And I think that kind of made me warm to them even more, uh, just purely because I remembered Cut. But, yeah, like, I, can't, I can't argue with your point about the revival. Like, uh, the... I can't. Rance hit the nail on the head. I mean, they even got Enzo and Cass bringing out really good matches at London and the Roadblock. Oh my God, that London match! Jesus Christ! And and the, and, and the Roadblock match. The Roadblock match was that Roadblock mm-hmm. pay per view was stunning. Yeah. Do you do you remember? Do you remember the when Enzo and Cass came out and done their usual sort of spiel, their usual introduction? The crowd were going crazy they were it was an unbelievable crowd the NXT London one they were melting that, yeah, was yeah, that, yeah. Was that, that was the pay-per-view that was the takeover where like a couple of days before Roman killed Triple H wasn't it uh-huh. I think it was yeah. London that started the, the White Stripes Seven Nation Army chant for Amori no they started everything because they all started the uh, uh, ba- hey Bailey ooh ha ah. I want to know. I was not a fan of the London crowd, to be honest. I don't know. It's just from a yank like me, it was tremendous. Well, they gave Corbin a lot of stick that felt a bit too personal. Personal. They were saying you're shit, and you know you are. I thought that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I think think, it's disrespectful, but it's funny. I think it's because we hear this kind of thing on a weekly basis, so we're like, oh, again. And we're liking it to the football, which has a vitriolic atmosphere. Uh, Yeah. So maybe that's why. But the revival, Enzo and Cass, American Alpha, that Dallas match was something else. AOP. Do you remember the two out of three falls match on TV between Revival and Alpha? Yeah, I have that. Uh, DIY at Brooklyn 2 DIY and uh, Toronto wasn't it oh beautiful match that that see the final we'll talk, we will spoilers but we'll be talking about that match later um, I just think the revival their gimmick can seem a wee bit sort of from the Jimmy, Jim Cornette era well that's that's what was saving by the way you beat me to it if they bring Jim Cornette to be their manager the revival is saved god damn <laughs> now you listen here, pal. You need to let my... Yeah. Man, he, would need, he, would, he, would, he would need to bring his tennis racket with him, though. Oh, oh of course. Uh, it's just, there's, there's, words can't describe how accomplished they were for me. 
and it's a real shame to see what's happening to them on the main roster because they're made to look naive and not have an in-ring, like a, an awareness of the ring. Because in NXT, they cut the ring off, they climbed underneath the ring, crawled underneath the ring, uh, oh they God. used blind tags to their advantage, they faked tags, um, they got under the skin of their opponents purely because they were better than them. That was all that they... That was the only reason that the faces couldn't hack it because they could back up their talk. Well, regularly. The whole, the whole um, yep. no flips, no fists thing that's talk about their motto. They are like, they are a throwback tag team. That's you know they that's... remind you of so much of the old school tag teams. That, like you said, with the with the heel tactics and the certain things that they do. Like, they are the reincarnation of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. That, hence the name Revival, you know. That's what you hey, look at. Boy, boy, thinking. I see you. I see you, Clyde. <laughs> I see you too. Thanks to Skype. Oh, literally, right? <laughs> so now the next choice. The, the we mentioned Enzo and Cass with DIY. With recent events, this might actually be a bit of a controversial choice, but people still picked him. Enzo and Cass... It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be controversial because <laughs> I know. people's work has to stand alone. And what those two did in NXT, my God. Well, for non-tag for non tag champ, uh, the best tag team who were not champions, Enzo and Cass won with 18% of the vote. Uh, we, can't, we can't say that they weren't good in NXT. They had to perfect formula of little guy gets thrown around the ring and they do the hot tag for the tall guy and they kept losing a lot of the time so it meant that they were always the underdogs so I can understand it and this was before Enzo's promos started to great I think it was because Enzo was doing these promos two or, every two or three weeks rather than every week and every fucking ten minutes on 205 Live <sighs> oh um and it was it wasn't too long either. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect length. Yeah, six votes, twelve percent for both the street profits and heavy machinery. I thought that was interesting. Shocking! Shocking! <laughs> shocking! What's shocking about it? Shocking! Shocking! Right. What's shocking about it? The fact that of all of the in the history of NXT, in the history of NXT. The Street Profits and Heavy Machinery are the third best tag team to never win a title. Let's be real. And I love those guys, but let's be real. Do you Come th- on, dog. Do you think this is the recent memory one? Revisionist is. I, I, I would bet money that people couldn't remember any other tag teams. So they were like, oh yeah, the Street Profits were on TV the other day. That's possible. Uh, I think Heavy Machinery are good. They've still got a lot of work to do, though. Both of them are good. Both teams are really good. They are good. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, am I seeing this right? Yes, you are. Yes. You are. You are. Your eyes are not deceiving you. Yes. Three votes. For the War Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. They've wrestled two matches. (laughs) Yes. Like, Finn and Joe. (laughs) Yes. Mustache Mountain and Too Cool. Yes. Too Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, hey, too cool. Don't, don't knock too cool. Dun 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 dun, dun 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 dun. See, Finn and Joe, I get. Yeah, end zone cast. It's like that. You can't argue that either. You can't teach um, that. You really can't. You no, you can't. 
just so I'm just looking at this. TM6 is what I'm cool with. Yeah, I like I'm them. I'm fine with them being number two. And I like this heel turn, this cheating I mean, gimmick they've got. I like that. I think the only that's... thing that will help them is if they start coming out to the ring and spraying axe over their bodies. Spraying Axe what? body spray? Y'all know what that is, right? Axe body spray? Well, I know I know of body spray, but not axe. Oh, okay. Well, it, my American friends will know what that means. I'm going to Google it. I, the, the the prevalent thought process is that act like douchebags spray axe down like diagonally. Yes, and that's it. So the other the other armpit is still stinking. <laughs> oh well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Pop, pop. Then yeah, good point. Yeah. Oh, it's links. Is oh, is it links over here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you in association with Axe After uh, Axe Body Spray. <laughs> and m- me undies and what do you call them Uber all of them <laughs> we couldn't get DDP yoga though oh my god anything oh. else to add about the tag team non-champs will we just move on yeah I, I think <coughs> excuse me I think Sanity did deserve it wait no but Sanity won titles so never mind never mind Um. Best best men's title match. As you can imagine, this was a pretty one-sided affair. <laughs> yep. Um, a couple of teams got one vote. And see, when you think about it... Right, so, Joe Naka. Joe versus Nakamura. Um, the Fatal 4-Way between Zayn, Neville, Breeze and Kid. Right, A couple of votes for Owens and Sami Zayn, Owens and Balor, and Almas versus Black. Five votes for Sami Zayn Neville. And 36 votes for the winner. It's hard to dispute this. I mean, I'm happy to dispute it or discuss it. But Almas versus Gargano with 72% of the vote for best NXT title match. Five stars, baby. Five stars, no Tokyo Dome. Yeah, I don't think you can argue with that at all. I mean, I I think um, I enjoyed Almas and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, but it's not better um, than Almas. Yeah, yeah, right no, 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 yeah. no, 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 definitely not. I'm just throwing out a couple of couple of other ones that I liked. Um, Almas Black, I I said uh, even though that wasn't given five stars, it's five stars to me. Is is that Owens Balor? That was the the ladder match, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I think mm-hmm. that, that while that was a good match, I think it suffered from become, coming right after the Sasha Banks and Bailey match. So I think I'd need to watch it again with fresh eyes. That's the only problem because that match was four and a half stars in zone, right? But it was mm-hmm. came behind a, a, a tornado. Can I can I can I give an argument for not for the best match, but for another match that nobody mentioned? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Finn Balor. Samoa Joe match in London when Joe started bleeding at the beginning of the match. Oh, Dallas, you mean? Was that Dallas? Yeah. The London, the London one. He came down as Jack the Ripper, and Dallas, he yeah. was With Leatherface. Leatherface, yeah. That was fantastic. Yes, thank you. That chainsaw that stuff. That was a tremendous match, and 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 the best part about the match was Joe bled early, and they kept stopping him from doing what he wanted to do, 
which just enraged him more. Oh. <laughs> I, they couldn't have asked for a better accident to happen for that match. Yep, absolutely. So that I just wanted to throw some love to that. Yeah, I want to throw some love to the first Nakamura Bobby Roode match. That was a really that, good. That was at what was that the Orlando? Yeah, that was a Survivor Series weekend. Was it not? San Antonio. Right. Wasn't it? I think so. November, the first one that they had. Yeah. No, well, San Antonio was was Royal Rumble weekend. <sighs> the November match was was Joe Nakamura too. I think. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up with my big four. It was a Royal Rumble match. That was really good. I like that one. Um, but Almas and Gargano, we've talked about it many times over the course of the podcast's history. It is, it's a fantastic work of art. It's a story. Mm-hmm. It's a novel. It's war and peace in wrestling form. And I don't even think it suffered from the heel winning at all. I like how... No, it, I think it's better because the heel won. I think I like how Almas elevates his wins with the the elevated DDT that he does, the double under double underhook from the top rope. That gives that I really enjoy that. So I mean Ricky What was the one um Rude and Nakamura Orlando was that WrestleMania weekend? That was the rematch, yes. Yeah, I really enjoyed that match. Um It was a good series they had. It was, it was, I think, let me, let me just pull my notes up for a second. Yeah, well, why are you doing that? Because it was, it was Rude challenged um, at San Antonio. He won. Nakamura had a rematch at Orlando, got caught up the mm-hmm. next night, or the two nights later. Yeah. And they had the Money in the Bank in Chicago, Atomic. where... Atami, that random ass Atami match, and that's where, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where DIY ended the show so they could break up, and then Bobby had his swan song at Brooklyn against Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah like uh, that Nakamura Rude. I'm surprised that never got a little bit of love. Um, but overall, I don't think you can really argue with number one at all. No. Um. Yeah, I don't have too much else to say about it. If I'm honest, no. um, I, I I can't I can't even start to be, I can't even begin to to argue against Gargano and Almas. Um, I for a while actually, I tried to convince myself that I actually did prefer Almas and Black over that, Gargano and Andrade okay. Almas. That's okay if you do. But you can't but change I don't, your vote. No, but I don't. I think. I think it's sometimes that. I, I, for me, I think the thinking was that was that I don't think that got the the true appreciation. Appreciation is true love. It truly deserved. And I, and I don't know. If, I don't know if that's more so from Meltzer or the Observer or whoever or just the fans in general. It was I, sandwiched between two five star matches, Ricky. That's kind of hard to deal with. And that's like. I, I just feel like if you go watch on a match, watch that match on its own and for, it's, it's difficult as you try and forget what happened before and what's about to take place that match alone in my mind was five star and I think that match alone was probably my favourite of that night mm-hmm. so but no I don't think 
I don't think I could convince myself to go against Almas and Gargano. The only thing Almas and Gargano has over Aleister Black and Almas is this. That was the culmination of a three-match series. Mm-hmm. So it was a story that, that literally spanned a year. Almost. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so like, stuff like that. And they, and they actually tied everything into the story. So it's just, it just, I think the story puts the notch over Black and Almas because that wasn't really no story. Well, the next one is the best women's title match. And again, there wasn't much. We got a few votes, three votes for the last women standing match. No, that, that was a women's title match, wasn't it? It just wasn't on a takeover. Yeah, it was just on a normal NXT episode. Uh-huh. So the last women standing match, seven votes for Ember versus Asuka, two. So that'll be the Brooklyn. best wrestled women's match in WWE history, for the record. Technic, like the technical wrestling side of things, yeah. Just the match, yes. Oh, okay, but with thirty-seven votes, seventy-four percent for Sasha versus Bailey at Brooklyn One. It deserved, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I ain't gonna hate yeah, it, it's the package. If I were to send you a gift, and the gift was like a million dollars cash and the box was literally diamonds taped to like glued together in, in in a box and I sent that to you that's what the Sasha Bailey match was it was a beautiful package with a tremendous gift inside mm-hmm. I I've noticed I will include Charlotte and Asuka in this I've not seen a better women's match in all my days apart from the last women's standing match anyway uh, <laughs> Sasha Bailey won was the story the told before the match and after the match actually leading up to the Iron Woman and during the match was top notch and for Bailey to win in such an emphatic way with that reverse Frankensteiner off the top rope that blew me away I just couldn't believe what I'd witnessed uh, when Bailey won that you notice that throughout Bailey's career she does the backwards roly-poly and then tightens her ponytail again. And that's its own. It's own. But she was too preoccupied with trying to beat Sasha in that match that she didn't touch her ponytail. And that's a very small character. What are you laughing at me for? No, but yes, you're right. But it's just, damn, she lost the match because she didn't tighten the ponytail. No, she won, the ma- actually, she won that right, match. Yeah. Um, just that added to the visual that she had been through a war. And it had a profound emotional effect on me, to be honest with you, and it still does. Thinking about it, the just a work at... Ricky. What do you think? Oh, I think um, the match at Takeover. I think that was a moment that a lot of people, certainly for me, that the I wouldn't say the penny drop, but I think at that moment I was like, right, well. We're now finally at an age, at a time where women are capable and are able to close a pay-per-view. I think we're now well and truly past the whole, oh, the women must be beautiful and et cetera, et cetera. It was now, can you wrestle? And that's all we seem to care about. So in, in terms of the actual match itself, I think I did say that Charlotte and Asuka is probably the greatest women's match I've I've watched. This that's not, you're not you wouldn't be wrong in your assessment. I disagree. Yeah. Tremendous I, match. 
Yeah, I, I agree with the whole Ask at Ember Moon as well. Um, and this would do the other one. It would be if someone wanted to say it's one of the if it, this was the greatest match I've ever seen. I'm not going to sit and debate with you. I will accept it because it was that damn great. And like you say, um, Kevin Owens and Finn Balor, who are two of the absolute best in the company at the moment, their mm-hmm. match itself, people just don't don't talk about that match. As great as their match was, because all they think about is this match that took place before it. Yep. And I think that's a testament to the women themselves. I think... Tremendously, when, yes. When, yeah, when, when you have a great match that it comes on after but no one's talking about that because they're too busy talking about your matches that alone tells you just like I said how great that match was and that's where where as fans or just people or just in general can truly appreciate the greatness that we witnessed that night it's truly unfollowable mm-hmm. yep yep and and, and uh, we, we gotta give some love to that video package for that match uh, and if I can, I, I guess we can shout him out. I guess, but uh, Tito uh, from LOP never watched NXT really before Brooklyn, the first one, and he watched he watched the whole card. But he talks very fondly about that. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter or read the stuff about that Sasha Bailey match, because you know people like me and. I'm assuming you guys, we watched the whole rise of Bailey when she, we, there was a point that I thought she was going to be the female Eugene. You know, she was so awkward. And then she grew to, <laughs> if you could ever make a human being spit out vape, I just made Brian do that. But, <laughs> um, but no, really. And, but you know, she built up and all this. And I don't have to go through a character arc. We all know it. But that video package encapsulated that perfectly. It's almost as it's almost as important to a match as the Miz hype video at twenty seven or the Rock Austin hype video at seventeen was. Mm. Like it was that important to the match because it really truly showed how like what she had to go through just to get there. Um so yeah, show some need to show some love to that. You you know <laughs> you talk about the hype video, one of my absolute favorite moments from that match was uh, Sasha's entrance where she comes down in the SUV and she's walking down with the, the four sort of bodyguards and she gets lifted into the ring Yeah, and then you had the uh, the commentary as well um, where Corey Graves was saying this is how the boss arrives etc like, even just her entrance I absolutely, I absolutely loved because it was a shot of Bailey in the ring Sasha's music hits and you just saw Bailey's face turning around and just sort of like smile oh, here she comes uh, smile it's, it's on yeah. let's do it um, so yeah I, I Sasha's entrance that night I thought was absolutely unbelievable and, as well and Bailey that was, this was right before this was right after Dusty died and Bailey was wearing polka dots for Dusty mm-hmm. so she was and the funny thing you say is that she could have become the female Eugene I've actually never heard that Clive used to always say she will become the female equivalent of Cena well, I mean, we're talking about different points of their careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's what I'm saying. Like, so you go, you go. It shows you just, it just shows you just like where she was at that point, where to where she post, got 
post Brooklyn, it was you know, or even just build up to Brooklyn. It just shows you that her, like you said, her arc of her her career was unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That's where NXT can take you. That's where NXT can do for you. Take you from people questioning if your character is mentally yep. adept mm-hmm. to becoming possibly the biggest star in in wrestling. So, and, it's, and it's not and it's not too late for that to happen. It's not. Yes, it is. It was not. Yes, it is. You think it is? I don't think the character is. It's too late for the character to work, but it's too late for her to ever reach those heights, y'all. The reason being, because the only way she can reach those heights is she got to lose. She got to lose, and she got to lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and get turned on and lose and have everybody turn on her and lose and get jumped and lose and lose and lose. Then build back up, and we're not going to deal with that. So what, you're, so what you're saying, she has to go on a Cut Hawkins-type losing streak? It ain't got to be that far, but, <laughs> but it has to be significant to where she's always an opportunity to possibly win, and then, and then the, the, the ball gets kicked out. Charlie Brown, she needs to continue the lineup to kick the field goal, and Lucy needs to continue to pull the football away. That's why we, that's why we loved her from NXT, because she was endearing, because <clears throat> she failed, and she tried and she lost, and she made us feel for her. And then once she finally got a groundswell of actual momentum, we felt like we were a part of that, and we helped her build up. Yeah, you that- know, and then she failed again, and then we helped her continue to build back up to the point where she was good enough to beat Charlotte clean in the title match. And she was big enough to beat Becky clean in the title match. Then she was good enough to beat Sasha finally. And that was because of us. Yes. The, that was very much uh, our victory. As WWE fans, that was very much our victory as well as Bailey's. Yeah. Um, and I would say, as we segue here, for the tag team title, the best tag team title match, this is a similar instance where it felt like it was a victory for the fans as well as the, comp- yeah. the baby faces. So, first of all, with 6% in third place was DIY versus Authors of Pain. Mm-hmm. 16% in second place was uh, the three-way ladder match, DIY, Authors of Pain and Revival. And with 70% of the vote was a two out of three falls match between Revival and DIY. Um, in Toronto, right? Yeah. See, as I'm going through these matches, can you imagine all of these on one card? Well, can I point out one thing real quick? Mm-hmm. Just real quick, and we'll get to it. Uh, in the best men's title match, the winner got 72% of the vote. In the best women's title match, the winner got 74% of the vote. In mm-hmm. best tag team title match, the winner got 70% of the vote. So NXT, with all its classics all these tremendous matches that have happened in these title in these title divisions, title matches. But yet these three matches above and beyond by far fans remember as tr- truly great. And that is really something to take note of that all these great matches and by far it's these three. That I just think that's amazing. And we've not even finished picking the best matches either. <clears throat> right. Um, it just shows like the 2 out of 3 falls match that was one of those ones where the revival opposite from Bailey, they just won, won, won all the time and you couldn't stop them they even 
dethroned American Alpha again, which I was shocked at when it happened. Understandably, American Alpha were on their way to the main roster, but the and, day no, and no and no NXT champion had ever won a title twice. Mm-hmm. At the time, that's only right. you won the title, and then you got moved up, and they surprised everybody. Won it again, uh-huh. and I genuinely see the Brooklyn match that they had, Brooklyn two. I genuinely believed that DIY were going to win the first time around. Like that was a heart and mouth with the near the near pinfalls. Oh, I can't believe they kicked out of that, and to see them lose was genuinely heartbreaking. Didn't Dash climb underneath the LED board? Mm-hmm, to so. pull them down. <laughs> uh-huh. it was, Great stuff. The only small thing about that match was that Gargano could have reached the rope in that first match. Oh. But yeah. apart from that, the heartbreak of the first match that they had just led to the sheer elation of how they won the second match and the way they won it. That's a visual that will stay with me for a long time with both the members of the revival and submissions grabbing at each other frantically trying to make sure that the other person doesn't tap out. Even Triple H and Stephanie stole that idea in their match at WrestleMania. Um, this is a good point. It was a Triple H idea to begin with. But right, yes. That's true. The, it's just such a stunning visual and it's one of those ones, see where you get if you get like a plaque of a match and I think it did get, it was the picture that was on the plaque for match of the year and for it was just a great visual and it didn't end the storyline but for that chapter in the story it was a top notch win and it was a really good feel good moment for the fans what do you think Ricky? Yeah the finish to that match <clears throat> was one of the best finishes you'll, you'll ever see um, uh-huh. both like you say both men clutching at each other desperately uh, trying to not tap um, and, and lose unbelievable stuff um, <clears throat> yeah, I like to say as I was saying with you, like you, you like, in the first match around you, genuinely didn't really know what was going to happen or where it was going, or like, hey, it's over now, nope, no, um, that. Uh, so the second match, huh, is one of my absolute all-time favorite tag team matches. Um, and then, like you said, if you go down, that two out of three falls match, that that. Correct me, but was that on a? That was on a, just a normal NXT show, wasn't it? Was it wasn't a takeover, was it? The American Alpha one. Mm-hmm. Yes, just a t- just a TV taping. Yeah, because I think Alpha went up not too long after it. No, 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 no. That the two out of three falls match was the match AOP debuted in, wasn't it? Um. Yes. No. AOP debuted at the end of that match, right? No, takeover the end. Oh, literally the end. Okay. Yeah, that takeover the where Finn and Joe. But it was a. But it. No, AOP debuted beating up American Alpha. Was that on the Was that on TV or was that not at the takeover the end? I'm looking it up now. Okay. I'm looking it right. Go now. ahead, Rick. Yeah. But we'll we'll talk about this a wee bit. See, you know what I noticed as well? You're talking about American Alpha, and again, they only got two votes. They were a, some team, it's just it so happens that their title matches, they only had a few title matches in a short space of time. Do you know what I mean? Have you found out yet? 
it, it was take over the end. Yes, you are absolutely mm-hmm. right. But that w- and you, and you are correct that that match was not. I know it was against American Alpha. Um, because Revival One, they walked out, and American Alpha was getting there. Hey, thank you. We love you. Hey, and they came out and beat the holy hell out of them. But I thought that match was a two out of three falls match. It was not. You all, you both were correct. I apologize. No need to no apologize. Need. You know, I'm also quite surprised War Games didn't make the list. Well, people hated it. Well, I'm, let me, I'm sorry. Let me let me no, let me correct myself. That wasn't a title people, match. People <laughs> oh, were sorry. Up, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. That's right. That's true. But that's people true. were upset that the match was not old school war games. So while they enjoyed what happened, they let the name deter mm-hmm. their enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Right. So we'll move on to the best non NXT title match. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Eight votes, third place for Sami Zayn versus Nakamura. I'm very pleased to see that make the list, although I didn't pick it myself. I picked second place, which was Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate. I know that was a title match, but it wasn't one of NXT's title. That got 19 votes and 38%. Oh, sorry. I flipped it. I've got that wrong. That's actually quite a surprising turnout. So it was Gargano and Champa with 16 votes who came in second place. And with three more votes, Dunn and Bate came first. Does that surprise any of you? It does shock me, yeah. I, when I read it, I thought you might have just switched the numbers. No. Because I, I voted for Gargano Champa, but hey. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe you you done a little... You, you made an adjustment there just so it would be Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate, number one. No, I'm pretty sure. Um, right, talk amongst yourselves about the Dunn versus. No, no, like, no, no, but I'm just, we're just, we're just messing. Like, you know, we completely, we, we like, that's. Ryan, you screwed up. Stop screwing up, Clive. Get it. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Just joking. Please, the last. Sammy Zane and Cesaro. Yeah, they had a two out of three falls match, you remember? That wasn't uh, a rival, was it? No, no, no. The, the two out of three no. falls match had already had already happened. All oh, right, okay. And uh, um, Cesaro and and uh, Zayn four was at uh, arrival. arrival. Yeah. Are you so, Ryan? So you're quite shocked that Dunn versus Bate came first then. Over Gargano Champa, yeah. Gargano Champa got five five and a half stars. Yes, but. That's not a diss on Bait Dunn because that is one of the best matches we've ever seen at a takeover. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Chicago 17, 16, 17? Yeah, last, last year it was. Mm-hmm. What, um, do, can, can you remember what... Do you remember what Nakamura and Sami Zayn got? Four and a half. I think it was four and a half, yeah. All right, okay. It's a shame, again, it's one of those ones, it's a shame well, that didn't get more votes, but I just thought, personally, that Dunn versus Bate was such a surprise to see these two guys that did well in the UK special have such a... It did help that they were in front of the Chicago crowd, but yeah. at the end of the day, we can't change that. It happened, and the Chicago crowd lapped that match up. It was top-notch work from both Bate. It actually made me appreciate Bate a lot more because I thought he was the wrong choice to win the UK title we've talked about this in the UK special that we did a couple of weeks ago Rance um, but with Dunn winning that was just a great story they had high flying they had 
submission stuff. There was pub brawl or barroom brawl action going on, uh, and it was a really heightened finish. Just excellent. So, but I, I'm surprised that only it beat Gargano and Champa, Ricky. So this was another one of those moments where Clive texted me in the, ne- the next morning, just sort of asking, "Have you watched Takeover yet?" And I hadn't watched it yet, and it was just. I'm just going to paraphrase I can't remember the exact message but it was more or less along the lines of make sure you watch Dunn and Bate like if you're not going to watch any match from the takeover you have to watch that match so it says that that tells you like because Clive said it later on that once we see a match that that we love we make sure we tell the other one like I don't care what you do or what you or what you don't want to watch make sure you watch this specific match I would definitely I would I voted Gargano Champer um I think that the what what sets that apart from anything else is the fact that it was like a year long storyline. Uh-huh. Um yep. match quality itself was just unbelievable. Um and then that moment as they both sat down in the middle of the ring, just reminiscent of the Cruiserweight classic. Yeah. That like match quality alone, if you compare the match side by side like I don't think there's too much of a difference but what separates that match to just about any other match that you'll see is that it was almost like a culmination of a year long feud obviously the feud's now going on but the storyline is what set that apart in my mind see that's the thing I'll sort of tie this up with the next category which was best overall story and Gargano and Champa had a whopping 70% of the votes for best overall story. Um, Sami Zayn's transition between Zayn and Owens, that came second with 11 votes, and Dream vs Black came third with two votes, but Gargano Champa. The length of the story was obviously helped, not the best term for it, because Champa was legitimately injured, but it was brewing for so long, and you just didn't know what was going to happen with Champa returning if he did and what he would do when he returned um, it was great storytelling one thing that's puzzling me now is that would you both agree that an unsanctioned match is probably the ultimate feud ender should be so would you not have had the street fight first and that, which is going to happen this um, upcoming takeover and then have the unsanctioned match second? Well, I think the situation is unique. I think the situation is unique because with as much as Gar- as much as Champa had been doing to Gargano, and if you remember, it had to be a section actually, if you remember, because Gargano lost his job mm-hmm. because of Champa. So they couldn't, in good faith, kayfabe, sanction a match with a guy who didn't work there anymore. But they realized that the situation wasn't going to go away. So it was unsanctioned only because Gargano didn't work there. So it's a little different than your traditional unsanctioned match, which is two guys who hate each other, and it's too brutal for the company to sanction it. This wasn't that. This was, Gargano doesn't work here no more. Y'all got to fight. We want Gargano to wrestle here no more, but we can't give him a match. So you know what? You guys fix your problem. Two birds, one stone. Okay. I can accept so, that. And and the other thing would be that obviously um, Champa tweeted out earlier on along the lines that it was an unsanctioned match. Yeah, so you didn't beat me, which kind 
I don't know if this now next weekend at Chicago will be the culmination of the feud. I would hope to God they end this in in Brooklyn because this is the yeah. last Brooklyn takeover. Yeah, I I would I would as well. Um, It'd only be right for the fans. Mm-hmm. So that sort of get asked, I would assume. I know we'll be talking about it later, but I would then assume that it would be Champa that goes over. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, like to me, the the wrinkle would be if somehow if Candice turns on Johnny, but you know, I don't think that yeah, would happen. No, yeah, they, like, they, they, they they don't got the balls for that. Yeah, like that, you know, that would like that would give Champa if it's even possible, even more heat and make him even more hated. But what it would do for Johnny as a babyface would be just utterly ridiculous. Where you would have a man who tried to end his career, who then comes back and ultimately takes his wife from him. Well, no, that's, that's, no. Ra- that's Raven Sandman, so, mm-hmm. basically. I don't think, can you imagine... Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't think that's the route they're going down. Do you mean take No, it- I don't... I don't think they will either. But are you thinking take her, take the wife as in as a trophy? No, she turns on Johnny. No, nah, she wants a real man. She wants a real <laughs> man. I think it's going to elevate to Trampa will directly attack Candice Lurie. That's it. Yes. Can you the heat he would oh. get? Oh my god! Yeah, honestly, I think that. I mean, they've done this where she was inadvertently struck. And was out cold, even though she was intergender wrestling all over the place. But right. I think they're going to go down that road, and that so, will lead to something like a hell in a cell where Candice can't come in at Brooklyn. Right. So, 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 and that then refresh my memory. Triple H and Ronda Rousey had like a, a face off at WrestleMania. He never hit Did, her though. Yeah, he never hit her. He never hit her. Right. Okay. He was That's, willing to hit her, but he never got a chance to hit her. So yeah, that's my only reservation about that. Sure, and they might be able to get away with NXT because it's so smallly watched. But mm-hmm. I will like, defend I love it. I love that. It though. Right, right. I will defend that that Champa Gargano Candice spot to the death. All I heard is people saying, "But Candice wrestled all of these in a gender match." You're right, but if you look at the angle in which Johnny fell. He elbowed her in the back of the head. So mm-hmm. she was knocked out cold by the elbow. If I would do that to you right now or anybody, the chances are you could be knocked out. So mm-hmm. it wasn't an egregious thing for her to be knocked out in that manner. Had he not elbowed her in the back of the head, then yeah, you everybody got a point. Mm-hmm. But he elbowed her cold, knocked out. Yeah, I've not got a problem with that. Like because of yeah. the intergender wrestling, we're in WWE now. It's different, different rules and all that. So it well, doesn't. The only issue is you just had issue with Rich Juan because of domestic violence. Me mm. and Carl talked about this on the Outsiders Edge the other day. I'm all for intergender wrestling, but you make you make it you give yourself a slippery slope if you're going to say okay, it's cool for men and women to fight on on our show, but if a man. Gets in, just has just gets arrested or called for domestic violence, he's fired or suspended. That's a real slippery slope to go down. So, answer answer me this if you can. Right? I'm not in no way do I ever support a man putting his hands on a woman. 
We all agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not. I'm not talking about wrestling. I'm just talking life. Real right? life. So what? What sure. if um, I'm trying to think? So let's try, you put it last, right? I mean, we don't know him personally, right? So Leonardo DiCaprio and Django Unchained, Unchained, playing plays a racist man. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, like you said, you don't. We don't know him personally, but he doesn't come across racist, or he's never had these. He doesn't have racist tendencies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because he portrays, because he plays that man on TV, mm-hmm. do we assume that's who he is in real life? Do we assume that he supports that? No, uh, no, 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 no. You know, and, so yes, I'm saying so. That's where do people now look at the WWE, look at wrestling, and say, um, so Tommaso Ciampa has just flattened Candice with a steel chair. WWE, look at that. User, user, um, user, imploring men around the world that you have a dominance over women. You can get away with that. So that would be my only thing, is that you're right. Can people can, yes. people, can people separate reality and fiction? Because at the end of the day, it is fiction. But I understand why people would have a problem with that, and that's why I think that they probably won't go down that route. As much as as much heat as Champa would get from it, I just I. I think they look at it and say, no, we could do without that just now. Regular people can tell the difference. But you have people like Fox News mm-hmm. who's ready to jump on something. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I don't... I, don't I, I, But again, from what I'm saying, yeah, whatever you do at home and what you do, you, you are not on the hook for what you do at home based on what you do at work. Like, I get all that. That's absolutely right. But what I'm saying is, if, let's say, knock on wood, God forbid, any of this happens, just speaking straight hypotheticals here, right? Let's say one wrestler who's married to another female wrestler is dating another female wrestler. Say TMZ comes out and he got arrested last night for getting in a fight with her, right? Mm -hmm. He would immediately be suspended without pay until they figured out what happened and he'd probably be fired. Mm-hmm. Right now, what if literally the next day, the next day that happened, that happens on a, on a Sunday, Monday Night Raw, that night we have Sasha versus Finn Balor. I'm just saying the optics can be made to look bad, mm-hmm. and that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying I'm cognizant of the fact that, that could look bad, and this is a publicly traded company. This isn't a company that can do whatever it wants anymore. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not, I, I'm completely 100% for energy wrestling. They train together. Women are just as good at everything men can be as good at. So I have nothing against it at all. I just understand the business of it. That's all I'm saying. So forgive me for jumping, for interjecting that because I know that's not where we wanted to go. But Well, to, to lighten the mood a wee bit, this next pick category is just... NXT are famed for having really good entrances, the music, and I thought I'd put a category in to see who people's favourite entrance music is. Now, where is this list for a wee second? It's disappeared, guys. No, it's not. There's, Me? No, it's oh, the, the list? The list. I've found the list. Well, I just I just found oh, the okay. list, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, one vote. So I'll just list all of them. One vote for Almas, Sanity, Zane, Undisputed Era, Tyler Breeze and Lars Sullivan. I wonder if that's a troll. Two point two votes for The Ascension, which is the correct answer. This was actually a, a quiz question. That's the correct answer. Um, the Wyatts, Ricochet and Gargano. 
Three votes for Rude and Balor. Surprised that only three votes for Balor because that's one main song. And Rude's actually because that's one over song Glorious. as well. Uh, 12 votes in second place for Nakamura. Understandable. What I, I'm a bit surprised at is that Alistair Black came first with 18. Now, as you both know, I am a metal music fan. I do really enjoy this song, but to beat Nakamura, that's a strange one. I played Nakamura. So did I. No, what? you didn't. You <laughs> picked Ascension. I know, but <laughs> in the heart of hearts. Really? I did. Like, and like I mean it. For so, like, for so long, at times when we might be on a train or we're just sitting at work or whatever, you'll just hear him just sort of just randomly singing it. It's, I, I was convinced you would have picked Ascension. I did pick the Ascension. <laughs> I need I, video. I, I, I need video of Clive by himself on the train <laughs> with his headphones in. I actually, I actually reenacted their entrance on a, a video once where I had the house to myself and I had the Ascension oh, music like. full blast. Uh, and I actually rose. I ascended from the bottom of the screen. You were sitting that to me and John Ross, I remember. That's hilarious. Do you remember who I reenacted that day? Yes, Muhammad Hassan. (laughs) (laughs) I had the scarves and everything. Um, I I voted um, Ricochet. Really? I I just, I really liked it. I really, really liked it. I like, I like Nakamura fine. Like, you know, it's it's great. I, I can't argue with that. But I, there, was just, there was just something about Ricochet's entrance music that I absolutely loved. Um, I was. I can't it. tell you what, but I, I just really, really uh, like it. I was humming it for a lot, long time last week, but there was a time a few months ago where I had Aria Devari's song stuck in my head for a long time. <laughs> There's no one? That is pretty addictive, yes. That's fucking excellent. Uh, right. Like, the why it's is probably more so the entrance as a whole, as yes. opposed to just the music. Mm-hmm. Same with Roots. Can I, can I tell you a song that's tremendous, but was only played a couple of times? Mm-hmm. You remember Adam Rose's first name before they didn't pay the guys and had to make remake it? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. No, tell the story. <laughs> no, but so you, you remember his music? Uh, you you remember Adam Rose's music, right? Du, 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 right? Oh God, I. Well, the first the first theme was a little different than what he ended up using because they found it, but they didn't pay the guy. So then, once the guys realized it was hot and they wanted to use it, they jumped up the price and they're like, "Nah, screw that. We just remake it." Uh, but that first theme is called uh, "World Goes Wild," and I, I know I know the band's name. I can't remember it. Fire music. Oh, <laughs> what a claim that is! <laughs> said fire. With, said with such passion as well. Uh, fire, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. <laughs> or in Adam Rose's case, fired emoji, fired emoji. Boom! Thank you. Um, right, last one. We finally made it to the end of the survey. Best ever takeover. Third place. I don't even remember who I voted for, man. I don't even remember. 
Third place goes to Philadelphia, my favourite. Six votes for second place, War Games. An interesting choice there. And 30 votes, 60%, considering there have been 20, well, 19, 20. I don't know if you count Arrival or not. Anyway, 60% of our voters picked New Orleans. Revisionist history, brother. Well, it was great, but it just happened. I know it just happened, but it was stupendous. That ladder match... Yeah. The Gargano Champa, Almas Black. There's lots there. But I prefer Philadelphia because I think as NXT takeovers are always fantastic, the, not the pacing, the match order, not even the match order, the quality of the matches and the sort of peaks and troughs of the crowd meant that the main event match regularly wasn't as good as a match earlier on in the card. But with Philadelphia, they got it spot on crescendoed all the way through um, shout out to the Alistair Black Adam Cole match thought that was excellent uh, and then to sort of finish it off with Gargano Trump even the tag team match I actually enjoyed that was Undisputed Era versus Authors of Pain mm-hmm. that was a, an intelligent match So that was that's the match when Kyle O'Reilly debuted the Hulk Hogan-esque uh, guitar playing uh huh uh, so that's notable yes mm-hmm. that's why I prefer just because the match quality gradually got better as the show went on and it felt like it was the first time that had happened for me what about what about yourself Ricky who did you vote for you know it's quite funny that you say um, that the the match quality and order etc of the show it just started off and it picked up as it went through as it went on throughout the show I remember Bret Hart once said that's how a wrestling match should be. I'm just sort of going off on a tangent. It's just that that brought he. I said he wrestled Chris Benoit once. I can't remember if it was just in front. Of, it was a normal WCW or whatever it was. He says that it started off quite slow and people in the crowd weren't really paying attention. But he said by the time at the end of the match, everyone was at the edge of their seats and he was like, "That's the way uh, a match should go." So I just, I just, I'm no, I'm going off on a tangent, but that just suddenly popped into my head. For me, it's um, New Orleans. So you had like two official five star matches, but like I said, there was three for me. Um, Shayna Baszler and um, and Ember um, Moon. Yep, I thought that was excellent. It was um, when Shayna Baszler started um, ramming her shoulder into the turnbuckle to sort of like pop it back into place or whatever. Like savage. Oh, ridiculous! I couldn't believe it. And then you had the the tag title match as well which I kind of enjoyed oh um, yes that was really good and the, the screw job as well yeah at the end where uh, Roddy Strong turns on your boy Pete Dunne but I said three five star matches coupled with those two matches as well were, were excellent um, I, 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 I can understand why you would want to go with Philadelphia or if someone wanted to go say War Games potentially maybe as well which is fine but I'd, like I said, I don't like Rancid. I don't know if it's just because it's it's more recent. I don't think so. I'd like to think that I'm giving them all the sort of the a fair shake of it. Um, I cannot, I can't, I can't go not go with New Orleans because, like I said, three five star matches um, and those two matches in between those 
those five star matches were also really, really good matches. Um, from top to bottom of that show, I thought from the very moment it started to the moment it ended, I thought it was absolutely excellent. Rance, although you can't remember your pick, do you have an opinion? Do you have a choice now? Well, looking at the data, as uh, one Dana Brooke would say, <laughs> Nola's probably answered. <laughs> but I, but I do remember I picked Brooklyn three. Um, right. and I think Rich is Rich has been on the on uh before well, at least before Nola. Rich had mentioned that just if we go strictly by star ratings. Takeover Brooklyn Three is the most is the best just by star ratings is the best match in North American history, best card in North American history, because like every match was right. like three and a half stars or higher. The average star rating then, yeah, that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that but, conversation actually. Yes, and it and it and it was a tremendous card. I mean, my God. The, the weakest match in the card could be argued was what Sanity versus AOP, and that was so much fun. Yes, God, they went out there and they they wrestled a hell of a match. Um, but yeah, so but now in with with the, knowing twenty twenty hindsight, that Nola card was stacked. I mean, <laughs> my God, it was stupidly stacked. No, I don't mean yeah. that in a bad way. I mean that was just ridiculous. And I think that is... It, it, it kind of reminds, not so much on the same level, but, you know, when people don't talk about KO and, KO and Finn that I said earlier on from Brooklyn, like, people don't talk about the tag match and the Shayna Baszler-Emberman match because we're so fixated with the other three matches. And, like I said, if you just go back and you just watch, if you take it one night at a time, you just watch one and all matches, all five matches over five nights, you will truly appreciate the tag match and the women's match and that will stick out more in your mind but I, but I think the fact that you got those three other matches that so all of a sudden we're all forgetting about the two two matches in between it can, can I tell you all the card real quick to the uh, Brooklyn 3 please do That's I've just pulled it up now Almas Gargano 1 Almas the show Sanity versus the Authors of Pain and the match we just talked about not to mention, after the match, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish attacked both of them. Alistair Black versus Hideo Tommy in a kickboxer versus striker match. Oscar Ember Moon 2 and McIntyre Bobby Roode. And Adam Cole, baby, at the end. Mm-hmm. It was actually sure. quite special when you Very. when you're Yes. It. They've just hit... Has- his debut felt really, really special as well. Who's Adam Coles? Ad- Adam Coles, baby. Mm-hmm. He he's doing very well for himself right now. I'm enjoying what's going on with Undisputed Era in general. Like I, I, I think I told you the story after Clive certainly uh, after um, Nola when I was just I I don't know why I keep going back and I watch that moment where. EC3 does the EC3 baby and Adam Cole looks at him and then it starts giving out some super kicks and then he does his Adam Cole baby and I, I watched that time and time again and the wife was once was sitting with me and I just kept putting on that one minute it was almost like a one minute look over and over and over again and she was like what are you watching and I was like come and watch this and she was like oh he he seemed her actual words were oh he seems kind of cool 
and she has no concept of what wrestling is these days and I think that just shows you just what kind of aura he has and just how how great he actually is when you've got mm-hmm. a non-wrestling fan and she literally knows nothing about wrestling now and she can recognise that just by seeing this one this sort of 30, 45 second clip that's what you think it is it's because Adam called cute that's all it is I, I'm, I said last week I, well I said on the outside of the rest, remember I'm a 10 so I'm kind of cute <laughs> <laughs> well you, you gotta be walking around the house in your Velveteen Dream clothes, and she's gonna be like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm gonna go to the, the Adam Cole guys." Okay. Velveteen Dream clothes, rocking the Muhammad Hassan music. <laughs> Mix it all together, right? Aye. Well, that concludes the survey. Thank you both for joining me in this conversation. That was some top-notch discussion there about NXT, and I want to give a big thanks out to all the people who took part. And the guys from the podcast network, the guys in the Wrestling Squared Circle, Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are, um, you gave us a really good talk tonight, so thanks for that. Now, the reason we did this is because, from my shite maths, I think I'm still right, though. This is the 20th takeover coming up next weekend. Mm -hmm. Yes. And... It's becoming part of the sort of Big Five weekend. They've made a weekend out of it now, so Chicago has a sequel. And the card, we've talked about, we've talked briefly about some of the matches. Lars Sullivan versus Alistair Black for the NXT title. Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. Undisputed. Oh, God. Oh, oh, Jesus, I know. Undisputed Era versus Danny Burch for the tag team titles. Shayna Baszler versus Nikki Cross for the win. Shayna! For the the Lassie's title. <laughs> Lassie's title. That uh, that's good. That's real good. The la- it will never ever be called the women's title from now on. It's the Lassie's title. The Lassie's title. And last but not least at all, Gargano versus Champa too. Now, oh yeah, that's nothing, right? That's just a throwaway match. Well, we have actually talked a bit at length about that, so. We'll touch on the other ones, unless you have any burning issues you want to talk about in Gargano and Champa. Mm, we have talked about the ad nauseum, unless Ricky wants to. I'm good. I suppose the only question is, does it exceed what we saw a couple of months ago? That's it. It, it better. <laughs> and that's, oh. no, that's unfair to them, mm-hmm. but that's but that's the bar they chose to, mm-hmm. to, to, to set they had the they had that ability to set it where they wanted, and they decided to set it at the moon. So now you got to hit Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind, I suppose it kind of reminds me of Omega Akada one, where you're like, right, they, they, you can't possibly top that match, and then they go out and do what they've done, and now you're like, right, well, Dominion's just round the corner. You're not going to top what you've done, but then back in the back of your mind, you're like, oh my goodness, they're going to wrestle all night long, so. Yeah, so the, they, the bar they, is the bar is high, but I'm looking forward to it. If they got six stars in the first match, and they got six six and a quarter in the second, this two out of three falls match does that mean they're going to get thirteen and a quarter, thirteen <laughs> and a half? To right, That's, so, I think the match is right, huh? I know, I know. Right, quick tangent. How long does that match last? I'm going to make a bet right now. It will last seventy-one and a half minutes. 
Oh well, I was gonna say three hours, but that sounds more more plausible. <laughs> um, it's who- definitely going over an hour. It's definitely going over an hour because they went to an hour draw at the oh. one of the matches was an hour draw, wasn't it? Fantastic mm-hmm. match that one. Yeah. Just my God! I think they're that gonna, was, they're gonna wrestle in the morning. Like they're gonna. Go. I think, Have you ever seen tennis matches that go eighteen hours and they got to come back mm-hmm. the next day? Matches that cricket matches that last a week. Was the was the sixty minute draw? Was that not the one where Okada went to hit Rainmaker, but Omega like got collapsed and he missed yes. the process? Oh yeah. I, th- I think they, I, th- I think they go at least somewhere between eighty to ninety minutes. Okay. Probably. Which is why that card is so small. Think about it. It's only seven matches. Mm-hmm. Oh, stacked. So, I think I know the answer for this one for both of you. And it's a shame, actually. But what is the match you're looking forward to the least from Chicago to? Oh, Dream versus Ricochet. <sighs> Listen, <laughs> troll. Dream. D-R-A-M <laughs> is... I know what you're, you're trying to get us to say Lars and Alistair Black and you're not going to get me to say it because the answer is Nikki Cross and I'm sorry but it's the truth you are that's an unacceptable answer <laughs> you have just been kicked off the podcast thank you for coming well she that is my second least favourite so I understand where you're coming from I know I'm a big Nikki Cross mark but the it's just that the other matches I'm looking forward to more Lars Sullivan, again, we talked about this earlier. Could it be EC3? And I think it's not the best match that Black could start his defence with, his proper defence. But it's just a a placeholder for hopefully a good opponent at Brooklyn 3 or 4 or 5, whatever it is. Tag team title match, Undisputed Era versus Danny Birch. How do you feel about this one? Now, remember, remember, I know it had Pete Dunne in it, but the six-man tag match that they had a few take TV ago, one, two, that's right. That was really good, and I think Lorcan and Birch have got a good chemistry together. They bring a good game. Undisputed Era bring a good game as well, and they cheat to do it sometimes. You think this could be a sleeper hit? Definitely. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll let Rance go first. Sorry. No, yeah, well, definitely. Um, Only Lorkin is the most underrated wrestler on on the NXT roster, which I'm very I'm very glad he's finally getting the opportunity to shine. Only Lorkin's been there what two and a half years, almost three years, and this is his first takeover match. It's crazy. Shocking. But him and Danny him and Danny Birch is it is shocking. Yeah, but him and Danny Birch have great chemistry. Only Lorkin feels like he should have been born in Blackpool, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just a little bit, yeah. He feels like yeah, he's from Boston, which is almost like America's version of Blackpool. But my man is like he's a Brit, in like at heart. So those two match, and they're gonna beat the holy hell out of Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong, and they have great chemistry. They have a real beef between each other. Um, this is going. I guarantee you, this is going to surprise. Yep. You remember how you said Dunn and Bate surprised you at at Chicago? Mm-hmm. This um, this won't go. I don't. This will hit the star rating. That hit if we're going by star ratings. But in terms of enjoyment, this will be that match. The one where you're like, oh man, well, I did. I didn't think it was going to be great, but this was amazing. So Ricky, expect a text the next morning saying, "Have you seen the tag title match?" Well, 
I generally stay up now for takeovers. Right. So I will be texting you in the morning saying that. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with Grant. I think what the good, the good thing about this is that there is that genuine ill will towards one another. And I think that will come through in the match itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to, um, apart from anything, it's going to be violent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be real physical. Um, and to, like, to go back to your, your previous question, which match am I least looking forward to? I, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by them all, if I'm honest. And it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence, but I really want to see how Alistair Black does in the ring with a man of Lars Sullivan's size. Agreed totally, which is why I didn't pick that match, because mm-hmm. there was intrigue at least. Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross, they are just going to they are just going to throw haymaker after haymaker at one another. And that has that could be real physical as well. So I'm like I said, it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence, but I'm genuinely intrigued intrigued by every single match on the card. Mm-hmm. Um the doc Chad Matthews asked a question on Facebook a couple of days ago. He thinks that over the whole weekend, including Money in the Bank, that the most anticipated match has got to be, without a shadow of a doubt, Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. This, yeah, I would argue. I would agree. This is money, absolute money. This, I mean, I, w- I don't know if it will get five stars, but it's going call, to be something special. Call me a WWE show. I'm fine. I don't really care. But I'm more excited for Velveteen Dream Ricochet than I am for Okada Omega, Twilight Falls, or Naito Jericho. Like, that's how excited I am for this match. I mean, I am too. I mean, I'm, I am looking forward to those matches at Dominion, don't get me wrong. But I'm more, I watch more WWE than I do in New Japan. So just seeing the story evolve, and we touched on Dream earlier, how there's actually some really clever character work going on with him right now it's going to be a really interesting dynamic, we've seen what Dream can do with the internet darlings we've seen what Ricochet can do only fleetingly so, so far but that flip I mean, it's not. this isn't just a spot fest match for Ricochet that was a message no. of that was a different kind of somersault this time but, but can I, can I also, also add some extra context to this? Mm-hmm they wrestled one match together that got destroyed by Lars Sullivan. Then the next next week they wrestled a uh, handicap match, right? Mm-hmm. Go back and watch their first match. And they literally matched hold for hold, move for move, spot for spot. And they, literally. They, they had some chain wrestling going on at one point. And, it, and like everything Ricochet could do, it was like, I can do just as well. When they tagged together for that five minutes that the match was going on before Dream turned on them, you could argue that they were the best tag team in the world. <laughs> as good as they were, right? But I think the story of the match is, and you, you and I, ho- I really do hope you write a column about it because that's uh, you you are dead on the money about Dream and the truth of his character. It's in the works. But it's I, in the works. Beautiful. So they, you guys listen, there you go. But I really do think that the beauty of this feud is that WWE is making a 10-15 year vet who was unilaterally known as quite possibly the best high flyer in the world and maybe the best wrestler outside WWE for a while and this kid who's not even 24 yet 
and they're making them look like equals. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it in such a way which isn't making Ricochet look bad. In fact, it's elevating Dream. That's the beauty of this feud, in my opinion. Because Dream should be overshadowed by far. He was the, That was the beauty of him and Aleister Black. Dream was overshadowed by Black. That's why he just wanted recognition. And but he but he stepped up to the plate. They've already wrestled. This will be their first match wrestling, and he was toe toe for toe, hold for hold, punch for punch, flip for flip. He was with him. So I find that so interesting going into this match now, knowing what we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky, as I said, it's not. This isn't going to be a spot fest spectacular for me. It very well very well may be, but. There's something else going on here, and it could end up. I think it will steal the show. I know I'm putting pressure on it, and I might overhype it for myself and be disappointed, but I really don't think it's going to happen. Uh, <clears throat> to go back to what you say, as the doc said, um, I would. I think I. I would agree that I'm probably looking forward to this match more than any next weekend. I would probably also say I think this will will be the match of the weekend as well. I think the moment where where Ricochet done the crazy flip over the, the, the top rope and landed on his feet and walked straight up to, to Dream, I think at that moment it was just a case of can we fast forward these next few weeks? I need to see this match. <laughs> Game on, basically. Yeah, it was like, oh my God. Like, it wasn't even so much like, what the hell is he just... It was a case of what on earth has he just done and then you saw Dream's face and it was like you said, it all just goes back to the whole he's vulnerable, he's fragile and and we see that now and then and like I said, this match it had a chance to rival Almas Gargano and the three matches from New Orleans as well. Uh, I agree, I don't think it will just be flip after flip after flip. Uh, that's not really... You don't see that like Dream has the ability to to wrestle a various a various different ways as well. So the match itself, I'm not entirely sure how it's going to play out. But like I said, I think what Ranch just says, what you saw, where they took sort of move for move, and they were almost just doing the same thing after each other. That could be a theme that we're going to see in it like whatever you can do the whole, what you can do I can do mm-hmm. so like I say just to go back to my original point that probably is going to be match of the weekend for me and I know Ryan says that he's looking forward to this match more so than Okada Omega like that's a bold statement um, I, I I don't know if I would necessarily agree but if Okada Omega is my number one match that I'm looking forward to in these next couple of weeks, then that one is directly right behind it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know what you're going to give with Okada Omega. You, you, we, we've seen three of them. We know, and we know that they're going to be the most mind blowing matches we've ever seen. But we know, we've seen it. We have an idea of what could happen. There's no I, I, telling what they, what these two, Dream and Ricochet, could possibly do. We have yeah, no I idea get, what they could do. I get. I get, I, I agree with that, but I think it, for me, it's. I like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not sure which match I'm looking forward to, but in terms of Okada Omega, it's more so. I've seen what you've done, but yeah, I still find myself still so intrigued 
to see what else is going to happen, if anything new. That's and fair. That, yeah. That's that's a that's a compliment there in itself as well. That yeah, I've watched I've witnessed you now what three they had three or three matches in the last sort of eighteen months or so, okay. and yet I'm still sitting here ready to watch match number four despite already seeing three of these and I'm still sitting on the edge of my seat counting down the minutes because we're only a couple of days away from it so Saturday yeah well yeah Saturday morning over there isn't it or evening sorry Saturday one of them yeah but it's this yeah, yeah. Um, and part of my part of this might be my bias because I'm I'm team anti Okada so I don't they could wrestle a 25 star match if Okada wins I don't care that's where I've gotten with him mm-hmm. at this point. I, I, I've um, says I don't follow New Japan like on a weekly basis or anything. So I, I will watch. I'll pick and choose when I watch. That's why my opinion of the of the of the product itself is never going to be strong. I won't ever turn around and criticize it because I don't have. I've not watched it enough. So. And I know what you're saying that you're fed up. Like, if Okada wrestles a 25 star match, it doesn't matter if he wins. I mean, that's why I've always wondered if someone could explain to me what the difference between Okada having this title reign and what the difference between is him and Roman Reigns. And I, I, I ask that like genuinely. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to rub people the wrong way. Like, if I would genuinely, I'm genuinely intrigued by something like that. Like, what is the difference? Why is Okada universally loved? When from the outside looking in, it looks like he's been quote unquote forced down your throat if he's in a two year title reign. But why can't Roman be accepted? I don't. Like I see, but I'm not. I'm not here to to criticise because I, I haven't watched that product enough. It's just a genuine question that I, I would hope someone could answer. Well, yeah, how that is after the show because the, we could very easily answer that for you, mm-hmm. gentlemen. Yes. Quiz time? Yeah. Okay, I'm just splicing it in. Hold on. Here's your music now. It's fucking quiz time! With Ricky and Clive and friends! A fucking WWE quiz! So, ladies and gentlemen, with it obviously being an NXT special it's going to be an nxt quiz and if you listen to last week's episode of outsider's edge where ricky and myself were on ranch destroyed us with just pure cold facts and it was devastating so <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go uh, an old familiar route for ricky and myself but i'm not sure if many of the listeners have heard us do this form of quiz basically rance and ricky you will compete against each other one of you will say a wrestler's name. So let's say, for instance, you say Bailey. Well, that's a bad example. Let's say you use Sasha Banks, and Ricky has to use the last letter of Sasha Banks's full name, and the wrestler he picks has to start with that S at the end of Sasha Banks, right? Are you, okay. Are you following me? The mm-hmm. la- is the, so the, la- the letter of the the last letter of the last name. Uh, so you so you say let's say you picked Sasha Banks. Um, Ricky could pick Sami Zayn 
as a result because it ends, yeah. right, and then you would have to think of someone that starts with N. Yeah, and we'll it. do it. Okay. So if you hesitate or if you say oh, I've not got anything, I've hit a blank, then you lose a point, and the first person to lose three points loses. Okay. So can we? Quick, use, quick, can we oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think we might be asking the same question. Can what about tag teams? Yes, any act that will do. Like no, yes, yeah, so, but I, I can we use say, um, authors of pain, authors of pain, or can we? And then, or even if we use, say, we use Sanity, can we then use Nikki Cross separately, or not within that round? How's that? Right. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So, Rance, you're the guest. Would you like to go first? Sure. And I will start off with the very first ever NXT champion, Seth Rollins. Rollins. S. Uh, Sami Zayn. <laughs> Neville. E, uh, Eric Young. Grammatalik. Who? Uh, Grammatalik. Was he on NXT? Oh, shit. I forgot. My bad. I See, that's, I forgot it was NXT. My bad. So, yeah, I lost that point. My bad. Okay. My bad. Good job. I was thinking all rosters. That's my bad. We can do it with all rosters in another game one other day. All right. Yeah, that's, yeah, but it's in a C day, so yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's my bad. That's all right. Uh, right, next round, Ricky, you start this one. Anyone, or do I need to continue from the previous round? Just anyone. All right. Um, Alison Black. So that's what is K. Colorado. Oh. Why? Oh, why? Um... Three, two, uh, one, zero. Nope. You've both lost a point apiece, right? So, Rance, your turn. Alright, let's go with the big homie, Ember Moon. N, uh, has Neville been said? Yes. Yes. Uh, and we will go with Nakamura. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. That, yeah, nah, I, that, I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Are you uh, okay with that? I'm not, no. It's got to be the full <laughs> name. And, uh, Three, nope, nope. two, one, zero point five, zero. Damn. Sorry, Ricky, but it has to be the full it's... name. The pressure the moment gets to me. Do you, do you want to go one more round? Because I feel like that was like really fast. How yeah, we about, can go one more. How about the first to lose five then? Well, he only needs one more to lose, so that's that works for me. <laughs> right. Okay, Vance, your turn. I just said I just started that one. I did Ember Moon, remember? So it's on Ricky. I know, but he lost that round. Oh, oh, okay. Make it, take it. I like it. Okay. Uh, let's start with Scott Dawson. <laughs> and again, Nikki Cross. Nikki, Nikki Cross. She's <laughs> <laughs> getting Nakamura. <laughs> so it's that A. Mm-hmm. I said Alistair Black, didn't I? Yes, I did. A, I will go. Now, okay. 
Is this? I know this is what it used to be called. So am I going to get? Am I going to get it? Adrian Neville. Oh. I said Neville already, but that's fine. That works for me. If you want to use that. Oh, you want to do that's, it? that's up to Clive. Oh, that's a technicality and a half. Works for me because I've got a response. I'm ready to go. Right. See, because of I, I mean, I, I can take it back. I've got someone else, but. No, do you know what? I should have penalised Rance for it and I didn't because it wasn't his full name in NXT, so I'll give you. Right. No. Okay. Is that oh, okay? Oh, yeah, you're right. Is that okay? That's perfect fine with me. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yes. So, Adrian Neville, we're on to E again. Rance, your turn. Eric Rowan. <laughs> oh, he's got all the ends there. <laughs> That's a strategy. <laughs> and I will go with. Hmm. I've got one, but I'm the quizmaster. Like, I don't know if she was known. Is oh, her name anyway? It's not, I'm sure. No, she's not. Five. Four, I think that's her actual real name three, that I was thinking of. Two, one. Sorry. <laughs> You're three down, Ricky. Damn. Right. Damn. Rance, you get to go again. Uh, okay. Um, Tommaso Ciampo. A. Mm hmm. Hmm. Uh, Alex Riley? Or uh, can we go way back? He wrestled around NXT, so. He wrestled, yeah. Yeah. So that's why, right? Yep. Yep. I can't even think of anyone in that one. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, me. Yeah. Sorry, that's two points down for Rance. Ricky, you get to go first this time. Okay, dog. Um, Drew McIntyre. That's an E. Mm-hmm. Yep. He already said Eric Young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have the perfect one for you, Rance, but I can't help you. Wow, E? Oh, oh, I've got five, four. Wow, I can't think of an E? Two, one. Did I say Ember Moon already? Did I say Ember Moon already? You did. Yeah. And that's. You're both at three losses, lost points each, so. Pressure's wow. on both of you again. Ricky, you get to start. Wow. Um, Instead of an E, what's wrong with me? Bo Dallas. S? Yep. <laughs> Steve Cutler. So R. Rusev. Nope, Alexander Rusev. Right, <laughs> right okay. Um, R, R, R. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Oh, it's close. One. You're so close to losing, Ricky. Rance, you get to pick possibly the last 
wrestler of the the first wrestler of the last round? Johnny Gargano. Kia Oak. Oh. Oh shit. <laughs> he was not in NXT, he was in two oh five live. Um, and you thought my quiz was mean? <laughs> my god. Oh has there even been anyone with an O? I got one in my mind right now. Former tag champ. I know who oh. you're talking about. I just gave him a big hint too, by the way. I, I know, know you know that. Former tag champ. My mind is going blind. Five, four, three, two, one and a half, one. Wow. Uh, Sorry, Ricky, you lost. Oliver Gray. Oliver Gray. Oh. And see the E that you struggled with, Rance? Mm-hmm. Elias Samson. Oh, Elias. I had um, Emma. And you could have... Emma! Oh, the beauty, wrong, the beauty of if you picked Elias Samson was it ends in N, and Ricky had struggled with N. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I should have used it, yeah. So... This concludes a marathon podcast from us tonight. Rance, do you have anything you would like to plug before we leave? Hey man, just keep following us. Follow me at it's Ray Cash, R E Y as Mysterio. C as C A S H as in dollars. Um Outsiders Edge Weekly, how that is there. On Social Place Podcast Network, World Class Radio Daily, how that is there on chairshot.com. I put a column out this week. Is not my favorite column because I put it out late, but it was about the CM Punk trial. Mm. Cheshire.com. Yeah, man, just, you know, look us up. Right, I'm going to nail this plug this time. I promise you all. You can follow us at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook, as well as on Facebook, you can check out the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group where all the Social Suplex Podcast Network personalities are, as well as all the listeners and fans. You can check out socialsuplex.com, which has all the columns you can get your hands on, all the podcasts that we have. You can also subscribe to the podcasts and the columns via a newsletter. There's a subscribe option on the website, which you get emailed to you direct. The podcasts include One Nation Radio, Outsider's Edge, Keeping It Strong Style, Ourselves, and Grown Men Watch This Shit. We're all available on the likes of Podbean, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify. When you use those apps, please rate and review and give us 6.26 stars. Thank you. I did it. I kind of did it. Well done. Finally. Yo, Adrian! Yo, Adrian! (laughs) Yo, Adrian Neville! <laughs> Please come back. I know. Baby, come back! Did you did you see the, the sign on SmackDown behind the commentary table? Someone had a sign saying, Where's Neville? I didn't know. No, I didn't. Did you see, did you see Austin Aries saying, Hey, you know, yes. if they ever free you, you can come yep. out at me? Yep. That would be good. They had a great rivalry. Um, Ricky, anything you want to plug? <laughs> I will know actually stop lying you before we got on the call you told us about your uh, special Ricky boy band Velveteen Dream-esque uh, 
calendars you're going to come out <laughs> it's just 12 months of Ricky 12 months of Ricky a yep. different Velveteen Dream pose every month it's not Rusev Day anymore guys it's hashtag Ricky Day <laughs> Ricky Day on that note ladies you know what? I think <laughs> one last thing I'm probably going to have to get Ty Dillinger uh, arrested for infringement because that perfect 10 that's me yeah it's, it's time to end it's time to end it's time to go <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening yes. oh, that's your job I'm sorry no thank you <laughs> thank you for coming on Rance and thank you for listening and thank you for joining us in a very special NXT episode I hope you enjoyed it good night take care guys thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast we'll see you next time see you next time Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.